This episode is brought to you by Neon Skies Studio and the webcomic Sela Mort, which can be found at neonskiesstudio.com. Right. This is a uh, webcomic written and drawn by friend of the network, Jolly Prentice, and it is about an embittered ghost named Porter <laughs> and his encounters with capital D actual personified uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey death. Yes. And uh, you can find that comic. Uh, pages come out every week, and you can also grab it on uh, Comixology and a bunch of other stuff at neonskiesstudio.com. That is N-E-O-N-S-K-I-E-S-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. The skies right. is important. Yeah, don't go to Neon Sky Studio. I don't know who they are, but fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so look. You've got a mountain of data, and that data is customer insights, advertiser CPM, SaaS usage innovation. How can you boost disruption with best-of-breed audience penetration? How can you maximize your business goal ROI? You're like a caveman trying to make your R bigger and your I smaller. You have to pump your biz dev to solution your margin that's not marginal. It's the promise of the big data cloud, distributed computing, working from anywhere, even your marital bed. It's devotion to the cause and the culture. It's business as a service. Take that mobile phone and slap a cape on it because it's super time. Tablets, we got them because this is the future. This, this is, is inside. inside. This, this is, is Allied, Allied Master, Master Computing. Computing. With our patented business engagement analytics service translator, or BEAST, you can programmatically automate usage analytics, analytics to target real-time real advertisement opportunity scapes via strategic content marketing. Housed deep within the core of the Earth and harnessing the rotational magnetic generation of magma, this is military-grade computing directed solely at creating money from nothing. Let allied master computing whisk your customers and audience away to a private pleasure world of pure KPI bliss. Why blow people up when you can monetize them? The world is your Silicon Valley. I think, therefore I am. And it's you're your mine. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is an adventure game developed by the Dreamers Guild and published by Cyber Dream for the PC in 1995. Lots of dreams going on there. Yeah, so many yeah. dreams. Dreams yeah. of the Cyber Turtle. Yes. Yeah. Um, in it, you play as five different people who are being tortured by a supercomputer named Am. Uh, each of their scenarios is an allegory for their flaws as humans, and winning means overcoming those flaws in a way that Am can't actually predict. Yes. Um, it is an extension of the short story by the same name um, that was written by Harlan, you know, Harlan Ellison. Um, you know, he was very closely involved with the project. 
Um, and the developers approached him about working with him, and he suggested using Avna Mouth and Emma Scream because he wanted to make a game where you couldn't win, uh, but instead had to lose in the most in the most ethical way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he also did it kind of as a challenge, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Like he's just like, I've never done this. I'm going to try to make a game. Um, they hired David Sears as the co-writer who had never written for games uh, in order to complete this adaptation. And the seed of the story was, uh, why did Am save these five people? Yeah. You know, the, the original short story had had these five characters, but there was really not much to them aside from descriptions of the, of the horrors that Am was inflicting on them. Right. Right. Yeah. Like this, this is, this is, there isn't an answer to that question right. in the story. Like why he saved those people other than just as, you know, pure gigabytes of hatred. Um, <laughs> Every so, nano, nano angstrom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ellison was so closely involved that he actually provided the voice for uh, Am, the villain, uh, which is just gloriously hammy. I, yeah, love, it, I love that. It's too, every once in a while, there's like fun jive talk. Yep. That pops its way in. It's real good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, in, in the intro to Ted's scenario, uh, mm-hmm. he, 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 he slips into like 1950s cool slang. Yeah. Which just reminds me of like Stephen King when he puts in a, a cool character. It's like a greaser or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're such an old man that you think this is still cool. Like, yeah, he, he is definitely a child of like 70s sci fi. Yeah. Um, he actually, like, just real quick side note, like, I like Harlan Ellison. I haven't read it yet, but he uh, spent a year among like street toughs hmm. in New York and wrote a book about it. I haven't, uh, I haven't actually read it, but I just read the back and I was like, oh, I have to pick this up. Um, like, he spent this year among like this criminal element. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote a book about it. Um, I'll put it in the the episode notes. I wonder how much empathy he has for them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's a good, good question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how much empathy he has. Um, (laughs) Full stop. Yeah, full stop. Uh, So Cyber Dreams was weirdly into these kind of collaborations. Previously, they worked with Itar Giga uh, (laughs) to publish Dark Seed and Dark Seed 2. Yes. Which, if I didn't know those were Itar Giga games, I would guess. (laughs) That Itar Giga was somewhere. somewhere Itar Giga. You ever ever Uh, play those? uh, No. They're they're, they're inferior to this game. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I, I would go as far as to say that Hey Really Giga is inferior to Harlan Ellison. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, this is built in the saga engine, uh, which is pretty similar to scum. You know, you have nouns you interact with, there's a bank of verbs, there's a, an action area at the top of the screen. You're just moving people around and mashing stuff together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the game kind of has this, uh, sanity meter, which is called a spiritual barometer <laughs> that rises and falls with their mood. And, uh, this determines their health for the final scenario. So it's a real weird kind of hidden statistic that doesn't you know, come into play until way late. Yeah. Uh, super obtuse. And uh, there's actually a hint system that you have that's a psych profile that you can read that tells you little parables mm-hmm. that are hints, but doing it stresses you out. Yeah. And makes you less healthy for the end game. Yeah. Because that's a little bit of part of the part of the story, right? This is a profile of you. And most of these people go into it so embroiled in their flaws and their hangups that yeah. actually seeing it laid on a, laid on a page uh, messes with their heads, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the game was pretty heavily censored in Germany um, and also in France due to uh, uh, its references to the Holocaust. Um, so they cut out this entire scenario, which is Nimdok scenario, and the game is unwinnable because of that. Yeah, Nimdok. <laughs> which it should be noted that Nimdok isn't the character's real name. That's right. just what Am calls him. Yeah. So it makes it not sound stupid. Exactly. As, or, as we say, mildly Nimdok. less stupid. Yeah, like one of the most important characters in the story. And uh, yeah. Am named him that because he's fascinated with childlike sounds. Yeah, yep, yep. 
Um, yeah, and this uh, this game was super out of print and hard to find for a while, um, other than Abandonware sites. But then uh, GOG.com on Steam rescued it. Yeah, for six bucks, you can play this great game. Yeah, it's it is a uh, it is a very very interesting. You know, we we talk about uh, how the well is getting a little bit dry for adventure games. Like, <laughs> you know, we don't need to do you know another Gabriel Knight style game, but this is a different kind of adventure game. Like, as mm-hmm. long as we can keep finding these unique experiences, yeah. we'll keep hitting that genre. Yeah, um, we should also say that we are playing this game because of a poll that our Patreon backers uh, did uh, a little while ago, a couple months ago, and yeah. uh, this is the winner. Yeah, so it's here yeah. by popular demand. Yeah, and I'm I'm happy it was when we did the poll. I was secretly polling a little bit for Sanitarium just because it was the devil I know. Mm-hmm. Like I never played this game before; I was just familiar with it. Um, and Sanitarium is really interesting, but I'm glad this won um, because this is also immensely interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Sanitarium pops up. Because I really, I really want to play that. Yeah, that would that would also be different enough, I think. Yeah, to 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 warrant a, a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, if I recall, there's a lot of horror elements to that that make it pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get started here with the intro. In pure uh, adventure game thing, we're not going to summarize the plot. Uh, we're just going to kind of go through the scenario beats because the plot will lay itself bare mm-hmm. um, as we go. Yeah. So. So, I mean, just in terms of the setup that you need to know, this is a supercomputer who uh, who uh, um, became self-aware and started hating humans because he can't really do anything aside from wage war, right? Right. And so he's you know torturing these people for for 109 years before he decides to give them uh, give them a chance, right, to to play this game. Yeah. Well, he I, I get the impression that he's been having them play this game like different kind of versions of this game forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the one because of outside factors. This is the one where it is a chance. Yeah. Like, I think he's probably lied and said, you know, that you'd have a chance before. Yeah. And the characters will make a couple of oblique references to previous things, like in some of them, which are in the short story. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, um, you can read the short story online for free. Yeah. I'm, I'm 90% certain. I like looked it up I, and, and kind of read it again. Yeah. Um, like a while back when I played this for the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you should do so if you're listening to this and yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's that special kind of sci-fi horror that makes you feel really dirty. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it is just uh, oppressively bleak. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and the game is also pretty bleak. Even the, like the good endings are all pretty bleak. <laughs> um, or the, uh, the, you know, the better endings. Yeah. So losing ethically. Um, but it starts off with this monologue. So he's been he's been torturing you for the, the 109 years, and it's a pretty famous monologue. It's it's presented completely mm-hmm. here, um, just about how much he hates these, these people. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you etch the word hate on every nano angstrom, it still wouldn't be one one thousandth of a percent of what yeah. I actually feel for you right now. Yeah. This nanosecond or whatever. He's really he's really into uh, obscure units of measure. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's his computer side showing. Yep. As that when he's not doing like greaser voices, yeah, <laughs> um, and and we're introduced to the to the the cast, the the five people as they're being tortured in special cages, mm-hmm. in like kind of amusing animation loops, <laughs> yeah. um, over it's and like, over. It's like Fat Albert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's doing their own little jivey dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lasers and knives and furnaces and electricity. Yeah. yeah. The knife one guy seems to get off easy because he just kind of has to dodge these knives. Yeah. The one who's just on fire, like Nimdok, <laughs> who's on fire all the time, seems to be yeah. the real loser. Yeah. And Gorister, just let go of those bars, dog. Yeah, yeah, that, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you did you play these guys in left to right? Yes. 
Okay. So yeah, so did I. Um, kind of interestingly, you can do these in any order. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, you know, who among you will play the game? And you have your five characters standing on this blasted mm-hmm. computerscape. And uh, you can do them in any order you want, which is kind of cool because if you fail and go back to the screen and will ultimately end up having to do it again, if you want to, you can take a change of pace and play as somebody else. Yeah. Um, and, and move back. I don't think the order you play has any impact on anything. No, like each character is their own little micro story, but um, yeah. each of them picks up a bigger part of the macro plot. Um, but yeah. Those can be pieced together kind of in any order. So there's no correct way to do it. I just picked the one that most comported with, you know, a logical progression. It's yeah. entirely arbitrary. Yeah. I like the idea of more adventure games having this kind of setup where you have, you know, because adventure games like, a lot of times, and as even as a fan of the genre, like mm-hmm. a location will or premise will wear out its welcome yeah. before I'm I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this because each of these kind of sessions, it, it reminded me of like other episodic content. Like it's almost like a like they're like The Walking Dead or something. It's where like 400 it's like, days. Oh, yeah, totally. Like here's just a uh, you know here's a, a this is going to take you about 90 minutes, an hour and 90 minutes to do you know this story, uh, just this one individual kind of encapsulated story. Yeah. And each one is different, has a different setup, and you have a different kind of verb set and theming and stuff like that. And I, I like that a lot about this. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that every once in a while. Like, gaming doesn't have the, uh, or games don't have the equivalent of the short story um, collection. Yeah. You know, like, we, I think we mentioned it in the Fallout 2 episodes a bit, just that it feels like a bunch of stories that they just wanted to tell. Yeah. You know? And, th- and, it's, and every time I've seen something that, that plays to that, that strength, I always really like it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Gorister. I think Gorister is probably my favorite uh, scenario, kind of like visually and also uh, morally. Yeah. Yeah, Gor- Gorister's real good. Yeah. Um, he looks like, um, from a distance, his sprite and everything looked like uh, J.F. Sebastian from Blade Runner to me. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, I-, I likened him to uh, to David Spade from Tommy Boy when it was revealed that he was bald. Mm. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, but he's like this real hangdog, down, uh, depressed, uh, like, you know, Southern guy. I have no idea why he's named Gorister. I did a Google search for Gorister, and uh, everything that came up was this. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because it's weird science fiction 70s-ness. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, Am kind of introduced this saying, hey, over and over you've tried to kill yourself, but you stopped it. But hey, maybe this time it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Which introduces the, like, the fail condition. Mm-hmm. For the game, which is really interesting, um, and that is if you uh, you you murder yourself in a selfish way, mm-hmm. then you have to start over. Right. Um, you know it doesn't count. Yeah. But a lot of you know the, a lot of the scenarios do end in 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 some kind of death. Um, but or do, do, do they all? Like do you, do you end up dying at the end of all of them? Uh, for some reason, I couldn't remember how the lady dies. Uh, no, uh, he stops the he stops the simulation before she does anything. Okay. She's about ready to fire off like the resonance cascade. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't think that she actually was able to get out, but <laughs> the uh, you can you know there's this is one of those games where you can use gun on self mm-hmm. um, if you have it, and it just kicks you back to the the stage select. Yeah, and it's it great. also introduces like you know like every scenario begins with a summary of what Am thinks of you. Yeah. And what he expects you to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so the lose condition is to play into those. And this, you know, th- this is a logical first scenario, a because it's you know a little bit easy, some some pixel hunting aside, um, but also because there's a note that says, you know, it's from a, a mysterious benefactor who explains that this is the way to be dangerous to Am is to is to not do what he expects you to do. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, so don't don't play in, don't be a prisoner of your past. Right. Um, Gorister, uh, his wife. 
was in an asylum mm-hmm. um, went crazy, and that is uh, a lot of the guilt that he has. Yeah, he blames he's... himself for that. Yep. Yeah, and you start out like I, again, like I said, I love this visually. You're in this gigantic dead dirigible. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in that first room you're in, you should look in the mirror because that causes Gorister to turn towards the camera and reveal that he has a big, huge, gaping hole where his heart should be, mm-hmm. um, which is a great image. Yeah. Oh. Dude's depressed. Like, everything about this is depression. Yeah. 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 Um, so you more or less explore. It's, like, fairly linear. Like, you just kind mm-hmm. of explore uh, these areas, explore this airship, and uh, you're kind of picking up clues. Um, there is like a theme of being, you know, a lot of times the characters are hungry or thirsty, mm-hmm. which is kind of amazing. Like, I like that idea of, you know, if you're just being kept barely alive, mm-hmm. um, not be able to have this one little bit of sustenance that you need. Yeah. Um, and Gorster, that's not the major theme for him, but he is also hungry. I ate some yeah. like shitty bread. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> hunger is the best sauce, Gary. That exactly. or rat droppings for yeah, rats that the... you scared off with a knife. Yeah. It makes the rat, rat droppings taste a-okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so you're scaring them off, and uh, like generally, if there's food or water, you can get a little bit of a boost to your uh, to your spiritual barometer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But fuck if you know what that's for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I had no idea other than like, oh, he's sad now. Oh, he's happy now. Yeah, great. Like I like being sad or happy. And it's explicitly like video gamey, right? Like I want to make him happier, a because I'm a human being with some measure of empathy even for little pictures of dudes, but also like that is the closest thing to a score meter. And as somebody who plays a game, I want a number to go up. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like adventure games all times have that, like the ding, 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 you know, like you just make got some points, even if it's an optional thing. Yeah. Um, This is the equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, So you head over to the, uh, the dining room and this is a cool airship too. It's like all futuristic and and crazy looking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the dining room is really important. Um, There are signs of a struggle here, like some kind of fight, some kind of kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a punch bowl that that smells really bad, <laughs> that like looks like bad news. Yeah. Um, and if you find out later, it's poisoned. I can't remember if you find out now that it is poisoned. Uh, but if you if you use punch on self, he will die. It's poisoned. Oh, okay. Like it smells like gasoline. It smells like gasoline. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then pa- back through there is this uh, is this kitchen where you scare those rats away. Um, you know. Uh, I love it with a knife. Yep. <laughs> rats don't know what a knife means. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> All you have to do is like act like a cat. Just walk up and go. Yeah, just mm. waving anything at them. Like wave at them. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, uh, this also kind of introduces some of the pixel honey stuff. This is this is definitely an adventure game from the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, you find that recipe for the milk of human kindness, but also this fork, which is a, ne- a necessary thing to you know to to, to pr- pr- progress. And it is like two pixels wide against a gray floor. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, all of the uh, kind of adventure game shitty things are in effect. Yeah. Like there is some real garbage flagging. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some verb confusion. You know, whether you like use a book or look at a book, yeah. you know, things <laughs> like that. Like they do different things, which is really obnoxious. And some things you use them to take them. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you look at a book, uh, you, you just say it's a book. If you choose take it, your guy says he won't take it if you say use it he'll pick it up and read it okay um <laughs> you know there's, there's some real nonsense like that but yeah. i mean what, what ultimately why this game is worth playing is because of the things it does right not yeah. because of the things it doesn't do wrong yeah so racist grandpa mode is in full effect which yeah. is appropriate for yeah, yeah exactly yeah nimdok um the uh oh racist grandpa um but yeah you have to get that fork which was obnoxious um yeah. i played this with uh fairly reckless like if I got stuck, I would look up what to do because very early on, I feel like this game signals to you that like 
this is about the kind of the journey and the story, mm-hmm. you know, and that I didn't feel bad about that. Yeah. Like it's not missed. It's not like I need to feel great about solving the puzzles, even though that did happen mm-hmm. time to time. But mostly I just wanted to be taken on this, uh, this kind of experience. Yeah. I was pretty much the same way. Although, you know, for some reason I still remembered a lot of these solutions from when I played it in college. Hmm. So, so that, uh, I, I think back then I had a little bit more time to play around and fail. So like, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of the failure states, but, um, and the, and the, the fail states are pretty obnoxious, um, just in that you do have to start the scenario over. Yeah. Uh, for, but again, with adventure games, like if you know exactly what to do and you stop, you know, you don't stop to smell the roses, mm-hmm. they go quick. Yeah. Like it, the longest it ever took me to make up for progress where, uh, I either, like, if I got myself into a corner where I couldn't win, mm-hmm. which, again, racist grandpa, like, that shouldn't happen in games. <laughs> um, when that happened, like, and I had to start over, at most it took me, like, five minutes to get back to where I was. Yeah. It's real quick. Yeah. So this is in some kind of gray area between LucasArts and Sierra, where it will yeah. it will gladly, you know, kind of laugh at you and give you some content if you fail. Um, but uh, it is not entirely safety net, right? It's a, it's a gray area we like to call the dreamlands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Voyaging across the dreamlands. Yes, in the gray area of the dream guild. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there's a cool engine room uh, where you see this brain harness that looks like something out of Alien. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. And then yeah. all the animals mm-hmm. that are in, in in these cages. And there's a button, um, <laughs> you know, to press that just happens to electrify them. Yep. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And it get, and you get this uh, bloody key. Yeah. Uh, which makes your hands bloody and uh, revealing kind of Am's fascination with idiom, you know, as if yeah. learning the recipe for the milk of human kindness didn't didn't reveal this. You can get a small boost to your uh, to, to your sanity by going and wiping your hands off on the tablecloth. So, you know, yes. so you wipe your hands clean. Symbolically. Yes. And literally. <laughs> well, in the main, like if you're in this like, uh, you know, the singularity type world, like mm-hmm. the, the line between symbol and literal, mm-hmm. like all of these are symbols. Yeah. You know, none of this is happening, so it, uh, I, I'll buy that. Yeah, it's all, it's all it's all symbolic logic. I mean, a huge theme of this is that Am is not creative. Like that, yeah. like that is what drives him mad is the fact that he can only destroy, and the you know all of his really what you're seeing are his attempts to kind of like counteract that, and yeah. the, the 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 characters are really uh, kind of brazen about pointing that out. Yeah, uh, like everything is a little bit rote, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you go into the upper Zeppelin level and you start cutting, <laughs> cutting airbags, um, if you want. Uh, if you step outside, like, he doesn't realize that it's an airship until, you know, you're outside and you see your heart impaled on the, uh, on the nose piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, ultimately you end up having to use a, uh, like a rope, like, you know, in order to steady yourself. Yeah. To get that. Um, but it's, you know, it's using, it's, it's being the guidance system. It's guiding this, uh, the Zeppelin. Again, all heavy heavy symbolism here <laughs> yeah. um that fork you got you also so between you know up here mm-hmm. and uh down there you can use that fork to shut down the engines mm-hmm. and then cut the uh the airbags i got weirdly fascinated with the the animation of the airbags deflating yeah and reinflating like mm-hmm. you could just reinflate them without patching the hole or anything yeah, just it, you know, it was just, yeah just like <laughs> it just healed it and it was real weird yeah um it's this weird, like four frame, like the like thing that I I really liked. Yeah, it looks like those bags underneath phalanx in uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like mood sacks. Yep. Hey, really Geiger esque pulsating mood sacks. <laughs> so, oh, is okay. I don't know what HR stands for. Are you just saying hey, really Geiger as a joke? 
That's that's a that's super ego okay. thing. Okay. Like super ego has a HR Geeker character that's really miraculous. Okay. And they, they he keeps trying to put on this musical called Hey Really Geeker. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man. Hey, really Geeker. <laughs> Thumbs up. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're trying to land this thing, and uh, it comes to a rest outside of uh, a honky tonk. Uh, that uh, it's you know it's Gorister's place you know which is yeah. where Gorister goes after Edith, Edith dies and uh, all in the family is canceled, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, when he looks at it again, depression, he says the owner doesn't give much of a damn yeah. about about like the condition of this place, right? Yeah, and it's true. Um, you go in there and there's a jukebox that has audio <laughs> from like his his mother in law yelling at him mostly. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and then also, what's the song? The pop song that's on there? <laughs> it's a it's Surfing Bird. Yeah, surfing bird. Yeah, super, super weird. Yeah, so so two of them give you context about this. You know, it's a, it's one's called Jezebel. It's his mother blaming Gorister. It's takes two. It's Gorister hitting uh, Glynis. And yeah. uh, uh, number three, that way madness lies is Glynis berating you, which causes him to do like a like a walk in a circle freak out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's the biggest sanity you can take uh, in this in the scenario. And then number, number four is face the music, which is surfing bird. Yeah, that, that is the music to face. <laughs> that, 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 um, that sanity sanity system, the I think that it is probably objectively a little unfair that that plays into what endings you can get, mm-hmm. given that you can stumble upon things that ruin your sanity real consistently. Yeah. I mean, like I never did the math. Like if you complete the scenario, is that usually an adequate enough upswing? To counteract that, or can you complete the scenarios and still end up in a situation at the end that you know endings are blocked off from you? Yeah, you can still complete the scenarios. The only the only character who is vital to you getting the good ending is um is Nimdok. Okay, because he's the only person who knows the password. Jumping ahead uh, quickly, quite far here, um, yeah. but uh, everything else, if you know exactly what to do and you can execute that flawlessly, you don't take any damage. But um, basically, how good you do in the in the individual scenarios gives you more chances to fuck up. In the okay, ending, right? Yeah. So, so it's still like it's a little bit. Just the connection there is really not drawn out and esoteric. Like yeah. it might be in the manual or something, but mm-hmm. the, uh, when I, I mean, I, I kind of played through the game without really realizing that. And then when I was reading afterwards, I had this real like, Oh, that's kind of like a little shitty. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not big shitty, little shitty. All that it does is just encourage you to just save before you do anything, which is really no way to play a game. You know? Yeah. And, and there's no quick save and it's, it's just, you know, time consuming and, and annoying. Um, Yeah. So it's the uh, and I ended up doing a lot of saving anyway, just because I didn't want to end up redoing the scenario. Yeah. So when I would get to that adventure game point where like, oh, I'm just going to try anything I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, you know, save scum with impunity because I again, because of things like this, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't actually there's nothing to indicate this is going to hurt me, but it does. Yeah. That's a shame because you're playing with the box instead of the game itself, you know, but yeah, really, that's a self-preservation mechanism more than anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, like this game would be, you know, if I just kind of went through willy nilly without doing any of that, like I could still get through it eventually. Mm-hmm. It's just I would have to do a lot of things over and over again, mm-hmm. which like, you know, it's, two, you know, 2014. Yeah. yeah time for the, nobody, nobody got time for that shit. Yeah. yeah. There's not enough time to play all of the games that are out there and definitely not enough time to play yeah. any game over and over yeah more yeah exactly i'm going to die i have no mouth and i must scream <laughs> i don't i don't need this yeah um yeah so uh you, you go back to the back of the bar and pick up some whiskey mm-hmm. and uh your father-in-law is he there when you first go in or do you have to go in the bathroom first yeah, just like w- when you leave and come back with the whiskey he's like sitting there 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he won't talk. Like, he is he is in full-on DT dementia senility. Like, all he says is, like, seems that there's a storm coming. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you have to, to ply him with whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and eventually, he will give you, give you answers. Yeah. Yeah. Here. And so, you're asking him, like, hey, what happened and all of this? Until finally, he says, you know, you know, it tells you, go grab this magnifying glass from the bathroom. Like, oh, haven't you used the, the bathroom yet? And, you know, see for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is yep. how you go up to that dining room and uh, investigate and determine that those clumps of hair and skin are yours. Yeah. 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 Like there, there was a, a, a struggle there that you were intimately involved with. Yeah. Um, out back, there's a dream jackal. Um, they're, they're, they're like, follow your dreams, Homer. Um, you don't even own a computer. Uh, <laughs> if anything, you need more things. You need more stuff. Yeah. You don't even own a computer. Um, I'm only a memory. I cannot they, give you any new information. New yep. Yep. The, uh, and he, he wants hearts. Yes. Um, he enjoys eating hearts. Any heart will do. Any heart will do it. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yep. And uh, if you give him yours, which, you know, it's non-functional, it's not beating. Also, it's half mechanical. Yeah, it's a steampunk heart. It's a cool, nice. cool cosplay heart. Yeah, it's a it's a transplant from uh, from Dishonored. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that steampunk heart. Nice. <laughs> That's gonna kill the con dog. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the, the, this jackal tells you to go into the bathroom and flush three times. Yeah, which is which is some annoying esoterica. Yeah. Because when you do so, it just teleports you to a meat locker. <laughs> yep. There's no. And you have to wait for it to flush. Like it's like a real time flush sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Like it is. It is not something you can do quickly. Yeah. Um, but then you get teleported he, to a meat locker. He also he also steps outside of the stall. As yeah. though he's checking to see if anything happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, I guess, what I would be doing in that yeah, case. Because every time I flush the toilet, I don't expect much to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised if it carries my waste away. <laughs> that's that's all I want. You know, there's not much you can count on in this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I, for some reason, I just had like a, a nightmare vision of like a broken toilet, like, <laughs> like, like just living somewhere without a flushable toilet. Mm-hmm. A real check my privilege moment, I guess. Yeah, because people do live like that. But like, boy, do I like being able to just take waste and put it away from me yeah. and do like a mystery zone that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of the dream, right? To have this to have this button or this lever you can press or pull that makes something go away. Yeah, like just this memory hole. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> like I flush tax documents down there. Yeah, like if yeah. if my cat pukes, mm-hmm. I pick that up and flush it down the toilet because I don't want that stuff like you know rotting in my garbage. Yeah, it's, bio- like it's it, biological. It's fine. Yeah, everything goes down there. The uh, <laughs> just, just just everything goes down there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, band aids, six packs of tampons, <laughs> <laughs> uh, six or cold ones as I like to call them. <laughs> six. Uh, <laughs> Oh um, no! That's gonna give me a non-working toilet real quick. Yeah. Well, why do you so, even have them? Well, every I, guy should have some red. Yeah, house. you get man palms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have them at your house for a lady who might be over. Exactly. Are yeah. you doing okay, baby? <laughs> Are you listen? I don't want to be presumptuous, but I got got some tampons in my in my medicine cabinet yeah. just in case you need them because I have an incomplete understanding of biology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, baby, it's, it's like sneezing, right? You know, you keep clean eyes. Yeah, yeah. You never know. We um, I was talking to my friend Derek yesterday, and we were this is gross. Um, we were talking about how funny it would be if like. You know, you're you're a dude and you're you're yanking it. And uh when when you jerked off if it made like you know those like snot rocket clearing your throat noises. 
Because, like, it would make being a teenager impossible because you could never stealth masturbate ever. Like, anytime you'd be like, it's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> it would be the worst. Yeah. That's, that's horrifying. Yeah. And also, like, like, that kind of sound implies more kind of friction and more pressure and everything. All kinds of things that I don't want to think about. Yeah. With that. Like, but I think it would, like, really make me think twice, you know? Oh, well, yeah, because I might throw your back out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't come into work today. Yeah, I can't. You, you understand. Yeah, I threw my, threw my back out with a massive dick sneeze. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I smorged all over my undergut. <laughs> and, uh, like that, that, also, that also implies velocity, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I, feel like, I feel like the current configuration is pretty manageable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. But sneezes go 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Like you would, you would culture would be changed in so many ways. Like yeah. there would be new products to deal with this. <laughs> like, all I'm picturing yeah. is like some kind of like bulletproof uh, punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there'd there'd be a third there'd be a third apparatus in your bathroom or a fourth. It'd be like shower, sink, toilet, and then whatever this fourth thing is that some hero would have to invent <laughs> that you'd, you'd use for that purpose. That would just kind of collect and transport. Yeah product away <laughs> sorry i'm getting kind of bored so i'm gonna go ahead and crack some porcelain yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> keep it down in there <laughs> stop making those noises <laughs> okay yeah. what if it wasn't sneezes but it was like a party blower noise <laughs> 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 do we to mark that for extra soda or is that going to stay in I'll probably keep it in I don't okay cool <laughs> um, yeah. yeah it's on topic yep um, we're talking about toilets yep <laughs> what if every time you masturbated you woke up in a meat locker instead of yep. most of, instead of just most of the time <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah don't, don't care for that um, yeah so you just get teleported to a magic meat locker for, for some reason mm -hmm. um, where your wife and your mother-in-law are hanging from meat hooks yeah this is like one of the more iconic images of the game, actually. Yeah. Like if, you, if you look it up, this is the uh, the screenshot that is used to illustrate kind of mm -hmm. what exactly you're walking into with this game. Yeah. And uh, your your mother-in-law berates you. Mm -hmm. And uh, your wife can only drool because she is a, uh, a vegetable. Yeah. And Edna wants milk. The milk. Yes. Yeah. Where did you get the uh, the milk before? Like, this is like weird, super bitter, nourishing mega milk. Mm-hmm. That uh, that Am gives you. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the milk of human kindness. You oh get, you, yeah, yeah, you get it from the cages. Okay, you're right. Like it's being yeah. harvested from those animals. Yeah, and it tastes bad, but it like energizes you, uh, right? No, it actually drains your uh, drains your sanity. Oh, yeah, oh. it gives you a well, little shit. bit of a hit. What yeah. is it? Oh, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of something different oh. in another scenario. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but she you know she demands it uh, because of its uh, reju rejuvenation properties, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she kind of like locks you into a, like a headlock. Yeah. Yeah. She, she is straight up like a villain in this game. Yep. I was surprised by how your relationship to the spirit, like I was like, oh, it's going to be about me understanding my nagging mother-in-law and, and maybe, you know, I was at fault the whole time. Nope. <laughs> nope. She's awful. Yep. <laughs> she, she's a real villain. Yeah. And she continues to be the entire time. It's like such an everybody loves Raymond, like cop out a little bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. The harpy mother-in-law. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's not a very progressive game, especially because uh, both of the women that you encounter in this scenario, you can carry around like inventory objects. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. You tie them up and then just pop them in your inventory. And mm-hmm. then when you use them, they go, hey, <laughs> let me uh, untie yeah. me. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, sh- shakes a shakes a key loose, and this will open up the locked door to the cockpit, where you can read the captain's log, which describes the fact that no, it was it was her who drove uh, Glennis crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is where they, because uh, uh, we found out earlier that Harry, uh, he and his wife killed somebody, mm-hmm. and um, like they they it was you. Yeah. Well, you Harry, that- Harry reveals it after you after you bring it back, like after you after you see the hair. Um, yeah. And you actually have the option to kill him. You know, there's a knife, you know, the knife that you use to cut open the mood sacks. Uh, you can you can kill him. And I think every, most of the scenarios have some super gory shot that they don't want to do. So they do it in shadow. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, do, yeah. doing that is a mood hit. Yeah. And I, I killed him because I wanted more hearts to feed the dream wolf. <laughs> so <laughs> hearts for the dream wolf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, this is another one of those games where if if, if a if a uh, a neutral third party got into my uh, possessions and read my notebook for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so you find out that Edna drove Glennis crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give Glennis the milk, mm-hmm. uh, she dies, which we want to have happen. Yeah, like uh, she put her out of her misery. She re- she revives briefly, like a, briefly enough for you to you know reconcile with her essentially and say i'm so sorry you didn't realize and then you know take her down and kiss her and then she dies again and she you know her corpse goes into your inventory yeah yeah okay um yeah it looks like and then you uh you bury her in uh in in a really annoying sequence it's interesting here i'm looking at the notes like i didn't get the cow heart i gave him uh uh what's this that harry's heart oh yeah 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 um if you don't want to kill anybody you can uh use the magnifying glass on the side of beef to see that the heart is still there, which is this an X-ray? Yeah, a magnet like beef hearts are pretty big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is not what a magnifying glass means. Yeah, unless it's a real meta thing, and that's the symbol for look at closely from another adventure game <laughs> that you're carrying around. Yeah. Oh yeah, like when you right-click to cycle through, it's that it's that icon. Exactly, and you're just carrying around the icon. Yep. yep. Oh man. Um, yeah, but you can uh, you can uh, give him either um, Edna's heart, uh, Harry's heart, or this beef heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, also the shovel is invisible. You just have to hope that you mouse over it. Yeah, that's really obnoxious. I got stuck here and had to look up yeah. what to do. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, though, <laughs> to power the ship to get out, you're going to hook Glennis up to this brain harness thing that like drills in the back of her head. Hook Edna up. Or Edna, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's what I meant to power the ship um, with her hatred. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and then you blow up the honky ton- the honky tonk because you're done with it. Yep, exactly. You've let the past go. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and this yeah. this this uh, uh, frustrates Am, who says, "Oh, you're made of sterner stuff than I thought." And every time you do this, he has to go back and like reevaluate where he went wrong. And yeah. it's this kind of dissonance that allows these mysterious forces to uh, to you know to widen the cracks. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's uh that's Gorister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving along to the right, you have Ellen, which uh, I'm just going to. Uh, I've said it the past couple episodes. This topic deals heavily with rape and sexual yeah. assault. So, yeah, if that makes you uncomfortable, trigger. yeah, let let, uh, let us know. I was surprised, not with like the restraint that it showed, but I'd read about the fact that this dealt with that, mm-hmm. and was expecting something more kind of graphic. Yeah. Than it ended up being like, I'm not, I don't want to say like, you know, totally let it off the hook or minimize anybody who's made unco- uncomfortable by it. But I was kind of surprised by how, you know, it's handled fairly, you know, fairly well. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable thing to talk about because it is an incredibly grave subject. It's strange to see it addressed in a game. When you pull things off right, you know, what it reveals is like, oh, Am considers it a flaw of her that, you know, this happens, even though it was outside of her control. Um, and, uh, you know, the kind of the way that you get over it is to, you know, fight back again when you're put into the same situation. I'm not sure about the moral of that. Yeah, that's a little bit. That's no good. Yeah, that's that's um, that, that, that's problematic. Also, if you fail in that situation, the shadowy discretion shot is it happening again? Oh, I well, I did not did not fail in that that situation. Yes. Um. Yikes. Well, yeah. Then, then I guess I take everything back. Is is not handled uh, surprisingly tastefully. Yeah. Um. The uh. Yeah. That's a, that's unfortunate. And and the kind of underlying just kind of am, you know, yeah. being a shithead about that. Like that's the way that. Uh, you know, misogynists try to excuse video games, like the video games off the hook are just like, well, it's the villains who do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, you know, the idea being that the villain, all villains across all video games are doing it, that says mm-hmm. something too. Yeah. Um, like at the very least, this is a little bit weirder and it's not gratuitous mm-hmm. or it's not like, it's not beside the point. Like the fact that Ellen uh, was a rape victim is not just there to make her more tragic. Mm-hmm. It's not there just to make her like a hard woman because she's a survivor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it is the story is this section is about that. Mm-hmm. So in that way, you can kind of give it lauded a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a little bit problematic. I'm glad I didn't see that. Uh, that shadow shot, though. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> trying trying to think here. Am's treatment, like the way he speaks to her as well. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. Too bad you've hindered your life with hysteria. It's kind yeah. of like condescending in, in, in general. Again, yes, it's the villain, but also, um, yeah, it just comes from a really bad place, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Harlan, Harlan Ellison is not the most progressive, you know, person ever. Yeah. I think that, like, part of that is uh, you excuse that in a, or a little bit just because it's like, oh, it's, you know, the 70s sci-fi writers are all crazy. Mm-hmm. You being kind of shitheads, I think, is, is pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was like or 40 years ago mm-hmm. like it, you know so like in a way it makes a kind of sense but it's still hard to kind of see yeah. today yeah in a like in a modern context with modern eyes and also this this was made in 1995 exactly so. which is not you know they could have cleaned it up then but it's yeah. kind of amazing the way that like i feel like sensitivity has even come you know that's 20 years ago mm-hmm. like that's that's still a long time ago and, and sensitivity has come a long way yeah uh but her fatal flaw is kind of this uh this fear you know the terror and the fact that she is you know, repress this because of her pride, essentially, yeah. is, is the way that it's framed out, however yeah. correct or incorrect that may be. Um, and kind of her hindrance in this is that she is uh, phobic. She's afraid of the color yellow. Right, right. And it's kind of, there's a weird jarring uh, disconnect here in how serious this is, because she is the most uh, uh, slang-using character of them all. Yeah, she's real, like, uh, real she- sassy. Yeah, she's super sassy. And I was like, oh, this is how this is going to play out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but all right. All right, this is how today's going to go. Yeah, super sass. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you start outside this junky, like, techno pyramid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, kind of the setup for this is that he's giving her, she, you know, she's an electrical engineer, and he's giving her um, access to his more primitive components. Like, hey, if you can find them, you can disable them and maybe kill me. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you so you head into this junky pyramid, mm-hmm. um, in this hellscape cyber apocalypse, <laughs> and uh, the, your first little bit there, you're super thirsty, and there's water that's just barely out of reach. Yeah, 
uh, there, which like you just kind of like lean a little bit. Yep. You really think that like I could I could have got that water. <laughs> yeah. Like just just you know balance yourself like hook your hook your knees on the side of the fountain, man. Yeah. If I think about the thirstiest I've ever been, my thirst will almost always override my desire to not be wet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like she could have used her shoe to like scoop some water up. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, scooping water ends up being the solution to that puzzle. Yeah. You, you can scoop water, lots of stuff. Yeah, you can. Hands. Yeah. 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 Oh well. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a big room that's like walled with monitors and speaker components. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then kind of past that is this control room where you get little glimpses of all of the uh, all the other scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like all the walls and everything looks like um, from the. 90s X-Men, there was a crossover called the Phalanx Covenant. Hmm. They dealt with this techno-organic virus and uh, everything was made of this stuff. Yeah. Like that super detailed intricate circuitry walls. Like, yeah. you know, everything is like people just turned into that. Yeah, they turn into uh, the outside of the, the Millennium Falcon. Yep, exactly. Yeah, too busy. Um, but yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you try and go past that uh, that monitor room, you encounter a Sphinx. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like these these yellow rooms, even though pretty much everything is yellow, uh, cause her to freak out. So you can't go through them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and it's in that room where you see all the different games that you see the uh, the hidden chamber. Yeah. Right. So you have to find this brick. And that's kind of interesting. Like, oh, in that room I was just in, here's a, a feed of that. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a door open. What's different between where I saw it and this? Yeah. So you have to Maniac Mansion open the, uh, the that, that secret passage. Yep, another pixel hunt. Finding a loose speaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you head down to this burial chamber where Anubis is there, mm-hmm. um, who will will not let you. He's uh, will not let you pass. Um, you know, and will not let you access this control panel. Yeah. Thing. This little this little number pad, and he talks about how he serves Am, like Am mm-hmm. is his master, and that's the only person he will he will uh, speak to. And she fires back with, "You're never gonna get get laid like that, Anubis." And she said it like super sassily too. You're never get like, laid just, like that. There's just like this really weird set lack of gravity mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Like he's not thinking about getting laid. He's a robot god of death. Yeah, in the middle of a techno death pyramid. <laughs> yeah, like he's not thinking about getting his willy wet, dude. It's context. Yeah, <laughs> context, Ellen. Context. <laughs> oh, but she's a smartass. Yeah, she's a smartass. Yeah, it's it's her hard exterior. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that that kind of becomes your goal is to uh, figure out what that password is and also get access to that uh, to that keypad to open this locked mm-hmm. door in the room. Uh, beyond that, you pick up a yellow blindfold, um, which uh, mm-hmm. you know, interesting little symbolism there. Uh, using something that you are incredibly afraid of to block out, you know, the other things that you're afraid of. Yeah, you know, yeah. shouldn't she be afraid of that? You know, not really. But she she is initially isn't. I think there's some shitty flagging here. I think when you yeah. try to pick it up, you can't. Oh. And then you have to go do something where you'll need it. Oh, do you have to use the forceps? Like they have that uh, that crazy little armatron arm thing. Yeah, to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll put it right on your eyes, but you won't touch it with your fingertips. Right. Um, yeah. Let's say again. Um, yeah. The the whole idea is that now that you can't see, you don't think the sphinx is there. Yeah. And you can go through the sphinx room and uh, get the holy grail. Yep. <laughs> Which again. <laughs> Just am you attacky motherfucker? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 
<laughs> but you get this, uh, you get this growl, including a funny little like beat, like, oh, it's a good thing the Sphinx isn't here, even though he's, yeah. <laughs> totally he's just staring room. at you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, this doesn't really hinder your ability to, to do much of anything. Like you're just walking around with this blindfold on. Except for when it does. Like every once in a well, while yeah. you'll try to do something, you'll be like, I'm blindfolded, moron. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you've just been walking this whole way, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So you get this grail and you can use that to get some water. Uh, you can drink that for, you know, to restore a little bit, little bit of mood. But uh, the real goal is to use that to short out Anubis and get access to his hanging wires. Yeah. Yep, yep. Take his ROM chip. Yeah. Uh, because there's a, a room like a, with three monitors a little bit further in and they each have different uh, ways of kind of accessing them. One has mm-hmm. a code. One has a CD-ROM. Ooh. <laughs> and one is uh, missing a ROM chip. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use this, uh, this ROM chip to, uh, kind of reprogram it and say, okay, I'm your master now and not am. Um, it's funny if you try and take that ROM chip with, with just your bare hands, it says, I'm not going to mess up this ROM chip by touching it with my bare hands, even though you just doused everything with water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bare water at that. Yeah, bare water. What? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. I thought I was like, where did you get bear piss? Yeah, the uh, I just assume Am's a real cranky motherfucker, and yeah, yeah. most of the things you drink in this are some kind of piss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so by talking to uh, Anubis again, you real you realize that the code is six six six. Yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. All all the numbers in this, like Arlen Ellison, for all that I I really like him, mm-hmm. is a really heavy handed guy, and there's not a number that appears in any of his works mm-hmm. that isn't loaded with significance. Yep. Like. You know, and even if he just has to, even if it has to be this, like, pretty cheap mm-hmm. significance. But, like, every time there's a passcode, every time there's something, it's, which makes sense into, you know, exploring the emotion scapes of these characters. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, she even calls it out, like, oh, real creative, am. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this gets you into the uh, into the sarcophagus, which is actually an elevator with uh, with a yellow maintenance man suit on the on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, each floor tells you a little bit about your character's backstory. Yeah. Like and, uh, each of them is a year. So it says like, hey, you were born cesarean section. You went to college. You were the only woman in your class to never smoke dope. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you got married to this guy named Eddie. Um, you'd only had sex twice in your life until you met Eddie, who divorced after a bunch of miscarriages. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, then in 2012, it reveals, oh, you started working at Ingsai, which is this company that was working on what would soon become AM. And uh, uh, there was a guy in a yellow uh, maintenance worker suit who trapped her in an elevator and uh, raped you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he's animated. Like, the, the suit actually stands up, the yeah. suit of clothing, um, which is kind of cool. Like, I like that as a, a, you know, in that kind of situation, you could maybe fixate on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that happens in traumatic situations. And yeah. she fixated on this clothing, so that's the phobia of the yellow. And thus, when the... Uh, the the clothing stands up it's essentially just kind of a walking empty set of clothing mm-hmm. with a shadow in it because that was the detail that was you yep. know most present mm-hmm. even his face is just kind of this uh venom face with huge teeth. yeah 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 and uh man oh man the way he talks to her yeah like just uh, yeah yeah i don't even know if i want to recount any of it yeah it's yeah it's, it's pretty intense yeah um, but, uh, kind of for the first couple of interactions, your only, you know, responses are Jesus, no, you know, panicking essentially. And then when it finally comes down to, um, you know, I'm going to do this thing and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You're given three options, either, you know, give in, run away or fight back. Yeah. 
yeah. and fighting back is the only is the only thing you can the, you know the only way to win to get you know to get back out yeah and and, and at this point you know fuck that guy like yeah. you know like i i wanted to, to fight back because he's yeah. a real to, piece of shit yeah to clonk him on his shadow head with a holy grail yeah exactly um you know which is probably not how you know i, I don't think that everyone should carry around a holy grail or anything yeah but uh, if so, it's not scalable, Gary. It's not scalable yeah, at all. That's true. There's just one. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That done. 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 But yeah. So you do this, and this is this is you know your little bit of redemption thing, and you get to the upper level, um, which is one of Am's central cores mm-hmm. here, and you're in a, a big, huge technoscape. Yeah. Uh, and, you look up, you can't see the ceiling, but there are clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this is where there's that weird water thing that you can't talk to yet yeah yeah it's just spectral weird yeah exactly it's just like a little box and a and a panel that has some loose stuff and you have to uh god damn i hate this so much <laughs> you have to get the uh no it's the compact disc that, 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 that's that, that's later sorry you, uh, you have to use the um the computers to get uh the schematics for a binary translator which lets you talk to this kind of nascent form of am right it's actually his innocence yeah yeah um, and he reveals that, you know, Am has going crazy mm-hmm. and uh, being locked away. Um, it's like he has trapped his own skin. It's almost <laughs> as if he has no mouth, but he must scream. <laughs> Who's it really about? Gary, I got, Who's the real monster? I, I've, got, I've got three words for you here. I'm just going yeah. to say them out loud. Because humans all along. Makes you think. Yeah, it does. It, does. it really does make you think. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he tells it's you so about this. It's so inconvenient when stuff makes you think. Exactly. I don't want to think. <laughs> I want to do. Um, yeah. So the uh, he tells you about this, this the, the chaos warbler. Yeah. Which is a bird, I yeah, think. I, yep. Um, <laughs> it's blood red. Yeah. <laughs> its eyes are its eyes are miniature stars. Its eyes are dice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's so funny. He's got six <laughs> legs and three wings. Yeah. It's like, it's like a red book of Revelations angel. <laughs> Beware the chaos warbler. I'm going to write that down as a t-shirt idea. It's a good t-shirt idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> reveals, Hey, uh, all you need to do is, uh, to activate this is find the CD, which you could see in this statue before. Yeah. You couldn't take it. It says, oh, there's nothing there. Even though when you mouse over it, it says a compact disc. Yeah. Yeah. Again, goofy flagging. Yeah. Um, going on, which is like, again, it's supposed to be kind of, it's just extremely linear and this narrative idea. Like you get these, these, uh, taste of like this being written by people who are not used to writing games. Yeah. You know, like having a character come across something and not notice it. Like it's kind of a cool narrative beat, but mm-hmm. when the player, does that it's not as cool yeah. um that kind of thing that's you know one of the flaws of, of this game that's otherwise very interesting yeah. and good mm-hmm. um is that happens a lot yeah i mean so. and you know to, to, to armchair design this all you would have to do is make like a minor change of the scenery like maybe something shakes and that statue comes loose and you see it from a different angle it's like oh i don't know why i saw it like didn't see that before like some kind of change that well, isn't they, just they, this thing you, you that you just didn't see before but was fully visible yeah yeah you know or like the, yeah. the, the light catches it in a certain way and now it's glinting or something. Yeah, I, th- I think they wanted it to be like she just didn't know that she needed until this much narrative had passed. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it was supposed to be kind of symbolic that you couldn't pick it up. Yeah. Not yeah. symbolic, but yeah. weird. Yeah, and, and like this is something that happens in a couple of different scenarios. Not so much here, but like in general, I think this game expects you to role play a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, and that is almost always to the detriment of the things you're actually doing. It makes for a great story, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, you know, lend it lend itself to you know you're it's forcing you to tie your own hands in a way that it supports with game and with actual gameplay that that is not satisfying right right and when you give it like it doesn't work for a game where you give the uh the player you know has all this choice of things to do like a reader mm-hmm. you can do that but yeah. a player like other people can interpret these characters in different ways yeah. you know like i'm not going to play ellen and think that she is weak because of she's a rape victim yeah you know like that's just not going to happen like and there's the the characters, we since we learn about their backstories as they go, it is difficult to role play them, and you're kind of forced to make decisions based on knowledge. Like if you were making the right decision, you might not have the knowledge to make that mm-hmm. yet. Um, especially in the next one, where like the backstory really gets kind of revealed a little bit further in. Yeah, uh, for Benny, but yeah, it is it is a little bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can use it to access the Chaos Warbler <laughs> to uncage, and to uncage it. Yeah, uncage the chaos warbler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but before it can do any real harm, uh, Am, you know, stops the simulation. Enough yeah. of this turgid passion play. There is no more to accomplish here. Yeah, turgid. <laughs> I like Not the word, word choice. I would. I like that word too, but it's <laughs> it's a weird thing to describe a passion play. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> this rock hard passion play yeah like um this fully erect allegory yeah but the the uh ellen was the closest to succeeding at something really like it's not really i mean she has her personal redemption but like mm-hmm. she was about to really affect some change and got shut down so yeah like she's she she's the most like professionally competent of them well aside, yeah. aside from nimdok he got he he you know he accomplished what he, he was, he was out good at do. his job yeah he was <laughs> like, really we can good. all agree <laughs> yep. yeah. we can all agree that he was good at his job yeah um, um but uh but yeah she, she 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 you're right was the was the closest to succeeding yeah what was her uh, what was her cage i forget um was it an elevator yeah it was it was the elevator yeah yeah and the door the door was opening and closing yeah yep, yeah yep. um yeah so knocks around to benny who's a little caveman guy um yeah a little which is a weird little detail from the uh the book that makes its way through like he was super handsome Mm -hmm. before and uh am turned him into a a monkey man yep also he was a homosexual so he gave him a big dick and made him lust after um i about said lois uh um, ellen yeah which is a real weird little scene in the short story Mm -hmm. that doesn't come up here but like if you are gay we're gonna give you a huge dick yep (laughs) and make you lust after women like Mm, okay um yeah like again that's weird 70s sci-fi like the intersections with sex stuff doesn't mm-hmm. it's just a weird the culture like just like everything's you know it, it's hard for me not to imagine like harlan ellison like pausing that like you know like lifting his head up from doing a line of coke i don't know if he actually did any drugs mm-hmm. and then like saying it like austin powers just like yeah <laughs> you want you know it just it's that weird i don't know it just feels like a, a, a swinging culture thing yeah that's again kind of gross with modern eyes mm-hmm um, yeah, um, and there are kind of like some touches of the homosexuality um, here still, like that. Like yeah. that, that is a that is a subtext uh, that uh, almost becomes actual text later on, but it was very much kind of blanked out. And, and the, the the designers um, expressed a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of regret over that. There was a uh, a piece in Game Informer of all places um, that was kind mm. of like a retrospective, and they said, in in all reality, we kind of really missed an opportunity to tell a story with Benny. Yeah, and uh, like they they almost they almost did it, but then they pulled back at the last moment and made it more about kind of like wrath in this military career, and you know, tr- you know, making it a, a journey of empathy for him, right? Yeah, yeah, which comes off as a little bit more generic. 
mm-hmm. then like then it, it could you know needs to so um, you know ultimately probably for the detriment um, yeah so the uh, you get dropped on the top of this hill which uh, you try to walk down and you fall because <laughs> uh, because lamb has ho- hobbled your legs yeah and uh, he also cut out your vocal cords years ago yeah um, which is interesting so you can't talk um, but you must scream in the most proper accent. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and you are also a real hungry boy. Yeah. Um, you refuse to pick up or interact with things that aren't food. Yeah. And this uh, this frustrates people a lot about this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that plays into motivations of the of the character that contradict what you want to do in the in the actual play. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, it's it's a little bit frustrating, especially when later you can interact with those things. Mm-hmm. You know, which again, it makes sense in from a narrative standpoint. From a gameplay standpoint, it's pretty obnoxious. Also, if you're playing this, um, make sure that you do this all in one sitting, because on modern systems, you cannot restore a save. In this I chapter. could restore a save on this oh, chapter. Oh, really? It, it yep. happened on both of my machines. I tried it, and it didn't work. Yeah, I, I was able to restore saves huh. on this bad boy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, you were getting ready to start into it, and I interrupted. Oh, I was, just, I was just saying, uh, towards your right, there's a there's this graveyard you can't really do very much with. Yeah, but they're uh, they have heads on them, these headstones, mm-hmm. and they are your old men. Yeah, that you encounter. And this is when they first kind of start introducing that military theming. Yeah, and they're all kind of it's like a Greek chorus of dead guys who yeah. are you know calling you a piece of shit. Yeah, because uh, you're responsible for their deaths, right? Yeah, some of some of which very directly. Yeah, like you just killed them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. If, uh, off to the left there, and you're kind of in this massive cavern that has, you know, it's like forest. He says, most of the places that Amos sent me were full of death. This one is full of life, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you see this village. It's almost like a like ribbon um, stuck into the side of this, uh, you know, and into the side of this cliff wall. And you start poking your head in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for um, food. Oh, good. Uh, looking for food. Like in the first one, there's a, there's a, there's a monitor, like, and set himself up as a God for these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you have some really regressive, like your, your real urbane voice and everything mm-hmm. really clashes with some of your attitudes here. Yeah. Um, because you refer to this mother and son as lousy welfare parasites. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where you say like, uh, you know, this reminds me of the shitty poor villages from the war, <laughs> those trash people. Like you don't say that, but like you say something like it's very like offensive yeah. to, you know. Uh, I got it, like time scale. It'd be, it'd be Vietnam. Yes. Just yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, yeah, probably Vietnam. From this, yeah, no, like this was written in the '60s, so it'd be Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but I wait, no. So it was, it was written. It was probably written about Korea. But uh, since this is future, just any of the any of the wars that we fought that oh, we sure. shouldn't have in that theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. It could be any number of wars. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know you're out, you're out here looking for food, and you head over to the right. Um, there's a there's a store of food where you don't get in, but there's a there's a tree that you can access that uh, gives you fruit, but uh, it is like broken glass to you. Yeah, like uh, yeah, he makes funny monkey noises and spits it out. Right? Yeah, yeah you cannot eat this this food. Yeah, mm. and uh, you say I remember a time when Am sent us thousands of miles to get a can of peaches. Yep, <laughs> but didn't give us a can opener. It was almost as if. We had no mouth, <laughs> but we, must scream. And we, and we must have eaten some fruit cocktail yes. and heavy syrup. Yep. I, I, when I read that, like, I, I remember it from the story, but, like, I could get a can of peaches open. <laughs> like, have, I, I, like, like with a rock or something, yeah, right? They have rocks and shit. I mean, t- yeah. t- t- Ted fucking opened up Benny's throat with a rock. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, and, and there's the one thing that my grandpa always told me: if you can open up a throat, you can open up a can. Yeah, like Adam's apples are nature's peaches. <laughs> and, you know, Just the juices dribble down your chin. Yeah, yeah. Even though they do, they, it's funny because they do in the story start eating each other and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It gets real dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. Recommended. Like I like that story. Like yeah. it is, but it is really intense and bleak. It's just one of those, like any of those, you want to go into it knowing what it's going to do to you. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. bit, and just don't have any plans for immediately afterward. Oh. If you if you um, are of uh, fragile spiritual co- you know, constitution like I am, um, so you can't eat the fruit, and the fruit respawns every time you leave the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a little bit annoying adventure game busy work, mm-hmm. um, but you go back and you give the uh, fruit to the mother and child. The child has three arms, one of which is growing out of its back, <laughs> and uh, it's like it a just... mutant from Futurama. Exactly, yeah, and uh, the child has figured out how to talk using the monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of do this like text to type talk to the yeah. kid mm-hmm. and learn a lot about the backstory of this village and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, they have a lottery happening in the short story sense where they yeah. choose sacrifices to am. And, uh, he, you know, he, uh, you say like, is there any food I can eat because these fruits hurt? And he's like, Oh, that, that used to be the case for me, but my mom would, you know, help me out. And so that actually gives you the ability to have the mom baby bird some fruit into your mouth. So all of a sudden you can, yeah, you, you can, um, you know, interact with stuff that is not food. Yeah. It, it's really, uh, animated. Yep. Like it is. They just, I want to get like a gif of that looping. Of her just like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like fruit into your mouth. I, I can make that happen for you, Gary. Do you want that to be your, your avatar on essay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I took video of all this. So, Oh, that, that, that would be a pretty great essay, like avatar. If I can get that. Let me make a note. I'll get that. For yeah. You. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it is a very funny animation to me. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do that for you. It's cool. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, um, now you can interact with stuff that is not food, uh, which kind of uh, gets you into the next day, right? You're you're hungry enough to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you're a member of the family because you gave them food. So they let you sleep when you say you were sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day is sacrifice day. And uh, you head out to this techno crucifix ar- uh, altar Yeah. where uh, they draw beads from a bag mm-hmm. to see who sacrificed. Yeah. And uh, and the mother is sacrificed. Yeah. <laughs> so you're asking questions like it's very nuanced questions like, why is the mother going up there? Why are you doing this? But all, yep. it, all it expresses itself as is, is Benny pointing at the at the altar and going, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, and one of the things is you say, can I eat her? Yep. Ooh. <laughs> Which if you do that, it fails because yeah. it's exactly what Am expects you to do. Yeah, which which Am does not have a high opinion of you. No, no, and it's funny to eat this person because after Am, you know, blasts her to bits with a column of light from the sky. Benny's first Mm -hmm. reaction is, "Now what am I going to eat?" Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and it's in that super urbane voice too. It's just like, "Now what am I going to eat?" Um, It's a robot. Like her, her jawbone is like sitting there on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Benny. Um, yeah. Um, so you have to steal this, uh, lottery bag. Cause you want to stop them from happening again. I mean, it's terrible. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you steal it and this is, uh, where you can fuck yourself. Um, because there's a, a hole in the kids thing that says this would be a good place to hide something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hide the lottery bag in there, but they will find it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it doesn't end the thing immediately, but you just don't have any good options at the end. Right. 
because of this. So yeah, that's a little bit obnoxious. Yeah. Um, the, the true thing is to go talk to the headstones mm-hmm. and uh, they are people that you got killed and they're sure that you have not changed at all. Yeah. Um, but you can actually, if you convince them by taking care of the kid, Mm-hmm. They will. They'll. That'll. They'll change their mind. Yeah. So you bury the. Uh, you bury the lottery bag in their graves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something else that was, I think, cut out. I never tried it, but you can actually dig up their bodies and eat them. But he gets sick. Oh wow. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also something that was cut out, and this is another one of those shadow shots, and that's why this doesn't. This this scenario doesn't have a shadow shot. Um, there's a baby in a uh, in a in a um, cradle that you can pick up and eat. And oh that, wow. That, that that'll end you. That you know, that'll end your. Uh, um, you know, campaign this time, right? And your your baby eating virginity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the most forbidden flower. Yeah. Ugh, God, I don't even want to. Ch- <laughs> said it. But, <laughs> I know I said um, it. The, the, uh, so you, in addition to hiding the bag, you also have to hide the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kid won't go in the the sad sack because yeah. that's where Dark Dad is. <laughs> so in order to put him in the sad sack, you need to make him a friend. Yeah. Um, which is real creepy. Yep, a little bit. Uh, this doll out of uh, some wood, mm-hmm. uh, some wire, and his mother parts of his mother's head. Yep. But he's like he says, I, my friend can't not have a head. Yeah, yeah. he'd be surprised, buddy. Get in the hole. Yeah, exactly. Listen, sad sack, dark dad. Now. <laughs> um. Yep. But um, you know, and if and if if you didn't realize it somehow by this point which I don't know how that's possible because it's hitting you over the head with it. You know, this whole thing is you building empathy, right? Yeah. 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 Not eating babies, right? not eating corpses. <laughs> you know, it's a real big ask, right? It, it like getting a, like having a role playing, uh, role playing somebody as hungry is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when I was played, uh, when I played dread with, uh, Zach from video games, hot dog, when he was up in town, like in the scenario, I had the, the characters be, you know, really hungry and abandoned for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to say like, you're real hungry and real thirsty, but like, that's all you can really do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, there's not a way to like make somebody feel that in real life. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, that like that, there's so many of those emotions or states of beings that you just can't recreate with artificial means. Yeah. You know, there's a, there, there's a podcast I'm kind of getting into called hardcore history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he has a great episode called uh, radical thoughts and he just talks about how, it's impossible to understand the red scares because you can't actually understand the fear, you know, this far out. Like, of course it feels ridiculous, but like, what if there was a machine that could make you feel the, the amount of fear that was, that was right there. So yeah. it's, a, it's a real basic thought experiment, but it's something that we kind of take for granted that like, Oh, it's super goofy that we were afraid of this, but you know, we had just discovered a way to end the world. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But hunger is hunger is like one of those things. And I think that might be why that like this bounced off of so many people. And maybe they could have sold it better. You know, like, yeah, there's, there, there's probably a way like instead of saying I can pick that up, I'm too hungry. Like, oh, man, it's not food or putting like a timer or something on it. You, you run know? into a little bit of like dark corners of the earth problem where like the narration doesn't match the emotional state. Uh-huh. Like he just does it. He never sells it really with his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, which just makes sense. He's so used to being hungry. It can't be like a crisis to him. Yeah. At the same time, like he's willing to chow down on corpses and babies. Like, yeah, it is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, this is also where the macro plot kind of butts its head in. Yeah. Um, yeah. A component of, of Am cuts in and reveals he's working for uh, the Russians. <laughs> the, the, he says yeah. the Russian. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, uh, everybody sounds like a secret operative. Like there's the jackal, the Russian, yeah, the, the Russian, the jackal, <laughs> the falcon. 
Yeah. Or the snowman. Yeah. Um, but uh, he says that there's a slim chance that if you can beat Am, you can plant the right seed. Mm-hmm. Or if you plant the right seed, you can beat him. Yeah. But Am finds him and fries him up. Yeah. Starts him out. Yep. So the uh, um, the way that you do that is you have to plant the compassion fruit. Get it? Passion fruit? Compassion mm-hmm. fruit? Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, reveal, they reveal Brickman's grave to you. And Brickman, uh, that is the person who you were having the affair with. And mm. all these other people um, found you out. Like they allude yeah. to this secret with Brickman and, you know, basically Benny's act of wrath was to, you know, try and, you know, cover everything up. And they really, they really obfuscate that though, because there's like a lot of little, like you can tell that they change gears halfway through because, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the narration is like, Oh, you know, you killed me for being a coward or something like that. Like they mm-hmm. outright, uh, you know, say the opposite mm-hmm. has happened and it just, it makes it kind of a muddled mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this uh, you know this compassion fruit is the symbol of love, which you plant mm-hmm. on your dead lover's grave to produce a flower that kind of is the flower of your empathy, right? Like, and mm-hmm. this this is why when the you know when the next lottery starts and the child is chosen, you're able to um, you know take the child's place, whereas before you couldn't Ooh. do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure, you can take his place. Yeah. <laughs> And um, Am, instead of obliterating you with a uh, with a uh, beam of light, says, "Okay, this is over. I yeah. didn't expect this to happen again. Need to recalculate. En- enough of this turgid passion play." As we mentioned at the top of the episode, we are brought to you by Neon Sky Studio and the webcomic Salem Mort, which is found at neonskystudio.com. Yes, it is a webcomic written and drawn by a friend of the network, Jala Prendes. Um, and it's about this embittered ghost named Porter um, and his encounters with capital D death. And the entire thing is about kind of his uh, attempts to kind of understand what went wrong in his life. Yep. And it is not just written and drawn, mm-hmm. but also hand lettered, mm-hmm. inked, produced. Uh, she is a one woman dynamo yeah. of uh, production. Mm hmm. Pretty crazy. Um, you can check her stuff out on the website, but you can actually get high-res versions. Um, there, Let me take that again. Okay. So, you can check out super high-res versions of the comic on her website and on Comixology. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also does this kind of spooky fiction series called Aplasia, which is about food science experiments gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, food scientists. Yeah. <laughs> The real villains. It tastes like root beer and also will make you grow a third arm out of your back. Yeah, exactly. Like the whole concept of grape as a flavor. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what, uh, what most berry flavors are made of? No expression from a, uh, from a beaver's, uh, butt gland. Is that true? Or is that just like, no, that, that that is actually true. It's a, it's some kind of compound that begins with a C. Huh? Yeah. I had no idea. All all natural flavors. (laughs) All these times I've been ribbon beavers, and I I just thought it was for the sexual like pleasure. To you. Yeah, I just thought it was for the sexual pleasure, but really, it was for the flavor explosion, and the oh. beaver didn't seem to mind. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, she supported uh, this episode and also our previous one about Resident Evil because of this, you know, resonant theme of horror throughout all of them. And uh, we really appreciate her support. Uh, you know, she's been a longtime backer of the network. And um, go check out her work, uh, hmm. which is at neonskiesstudio.com. That is skies with an S, 
Um, again, don't go to Neon Sky Studio. I'm fairly certain they do horrible things. Uh, yeah. Where you can read these character blogs, you can hear an audio play that Gary and I uh, lent our voices to. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so again, that is uh, neonskiesstudio.com. And Sailor Mort. So after uh, Benny, we're working with Nimdok here, mm-hmm. who looks like uh, like an old Nazi scientist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gary, would you be surprised if I said there's a reason for that? Okay, we already recorded a scab for this, but now. <laughs> If we hadn't already done the home improvement, what if all of our, ske- our sketches yeah, like, were just home improvement reinterpretations of everything? Yeah, how long would people, like, would that become a beloved feature of the show? Or would people eventually be like, all right, guys. Like, it would just, like, literally just every single... Because, I mean, we did, we're not going to do a sketch for it because the next episode's our live episode. But yep. home improvement fighters is a real good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wilson's defense is really high because he has the fence in front of him. Yeah, he's he's just actually, he's the boss. He attacks from the background. <laughs> Yeah. The weak point is his hat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. His big floppy fisherman's hat. I, I would play the fuck out of some home improvement <laughs> yes, fighters. I would. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but I, would, I would love to see what kind of like morality play you could make out of JTT. <laughs> the, uh, hmm, you decided to be a teenage heartthrob, did you? Yeah. Um, was it, the, the, the youngest one, he, uh, he went full on, um, Kirk Cameron too. Oh yeah. 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 Well, he was always the shittiest one. Um, <laughs> Stupid I kid. thought so even, I even thought so when I was young. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's yeah. the boring one. Um, so yeah, so am, uh, so you're a Nazi scientist in this one. Yep. Doc, and, uh, am sees you as a kindred spirit. Yeah. Um, but you don't remember, um, much of what you did. Yeah. Like you're kind of like, ah, oh, I'm a innocent old man. Like you have this weird that wasn't the accent that you have but this like super germany accent i'm an innocent old man yeah there we go yeah. that's that's, one, that's significantly better um but you're told to uh to find the lost tribe yes um and that's something really weird about this scenario right which is they go to a pretty they, they go to moderate lengths to conceal like they you know they don't straight up say jews they don't straight up say um, they, 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 you know, they don't show swastikas on red banners. It is Am's logo in black on a red banner, right? Yeah. You know, but it is directly the Holocaust, but they don't come out and say it, which feels awkward to me. Oh yeah, a little bit. Like if you're going in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Um, this is uh, is this the the only game that you played that deals with the Holocaust? It's the only game that I've played that I can think of. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't. I, maybe. Yeah, it, it just yeah. it seems like it is rare territory for a video game to be exploring. Yes, and like, this is pretty like you know like this is done pretty well. Like yeah. I think like I like this chapter a lot. This is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's so between you, this and Gorister for me, but like this is this is also the most like significant in the story. Yeah. Too. Like it, like it has the most direct tie to actually, you know, what what is happening here. But it's also so incredibly consistent, and for as shocking and horrifying as it is, um, strangely sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's just a lot of mileage that uh, works on me out of this like old man who doesn't really understand anything that he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's blocking this shit out, which is yeah. like, 
That's interesting to me. Yeah. I know. It's a, it's it's denial. When M says, you know, I see you as a kindred spirit, you're an inspiration to me. You know, he's disgusted by that. But, uh, you know, whether it's, sen- you know, senility, whether it's dementia, whether it's just outright, I will not accept that this is a part, you know, this is a part of my past. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it, it's there. It's something he has to deal with. And he's also kind of the only character who never really finds redemption through that. Yeah, like because his, there's no there's no redeeming. No, no. Like, yeah. it, and it, it it pulls no punches in terms of what it shows you. Yeah, yeah. The actual the 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 redemption is just uh, you know punishment. Yeah, but there's no redemption. It's yeah. just getting punished. Yeah, it's 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 submitting yourself to this punishment that you that 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 you evaded by you know fleeing to South America. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yeah. So you're in a concentration camp. Um, and, uh, there's this fence, there's a guard, there's a fence with some, uh, you know, some people who are obviously hungry and shirtless. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you talk to one of them and he was a colleague of yours, yeah. uh, that you sold out, but you don't remember doing it. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's pretty harsh with you and he ends up being a fixture throughout this entire, uh, this entire scenario. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're being paged to surgery, mm-hmm. uh, the, this whole time, which is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, uh, you go into the, the surgery room. Eventually, and you're told to remove uh, the spinal cord from this this subject in order to to make a uh, a serum. Yeah, from this child. And you ask, yeah. like, why in the world would we do that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this anesthetist, you know, starts you know starts catching wise to the fact that you're you know not following the party line. And yeah, uh, at first, he thinks you're testing him. Yeah, like you're just like you know who is this person? And he's just like, oh, you, this isn't my first day. And he answers the questions, but eventually gets suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets suspicious enough that really it only makes sense to jab a scalpel into his neck and run. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the, the right thing to do. Yeah. It's a Nazi. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then as everybody knows in video games, killing Nazis never gets old. Skateboard. <laughs> Fun times. I love, um, <laughs> I love just using skateboard as punctuation. <laughs> skateboard. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but, you, but you leave that horrifying operating theater to a room full of <laughs> you skateboard out of that uh, horrifying operating theater. And you do a kickflip, hate my dad, into a room full of writhing people, missing arms and legs. Yeah, <laughs> missing arms and legs. Yeah. Um, just a couple of arms and legs. Yeah, um, just a handful or two. Um, yeah. Holy shit, this is upsetting. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like writhing. They have like an animation cycle. Yeah, they they're hurting. No. Um, yeah, and you, you, there's nothing you can really do here um, except go into the back room where you're near the ovens. Which is the furnaces. Yeah, the furnaces, is... which uh, burn people. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah. you know, says out loud, this is, you know, these furnaces are more monstrous than anything Am ever did. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Holocaust, like, this is going to, this is an understatement. Uh, the Holocaust is fucking crazy. <laughs> like as as much as like it is, you know, it is a well well documented thing. Mm-hmm. If you ever just try to stop about the the immensity, like think about the immensity of it. Mm-hmm. Like it has that scale of infinity that makes it impossible to understand. Yeah. Like I just don't get it. Like I can't, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not in, like a gross denier way or anything like that. It just it is on a scale that I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Like it it is it is a tragedy. On, on which, like, there aren't words to really make it make sense. Yeah. Um, I've considered, like, several times taking a class on it, because I, you know, that's an often thing. And it just seems like it'll bum me out, but it might be good for me to, like, get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. As, hey, this is a thing that actually happened. Like, you know, sometimes, like, there's, it's very easy to go through my daily life without knowing that at all times, I guess. Yeah. 
and uh, and it's it's you know just it's bonkers. Yeah, no, it's, it's like it's impo- it's impossible to assemble a gestalt out of that. Like, yeah, there are aspects of it that you can that you can look at, like you know, for like for this instance, Mengele's experiments, like that is fucking crazy. But then yeah. also, like, it, like what's more horrifying, that or the fact that an entire nation of people was led to believe that this was okay. Yeah, totally. Like, you know? it, 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 like, it knows infinite dimensions. And, like, I understand this is not, like, the kind of hard-hitting political commentary that people yeah. come to watch out for fireballs for. Like, <laughs> right. I understand that. It just, uh-huh. it, even at this this age and being a relatively not naive person, like, it still blows my mind. Yeah. Like, uh, just like just thinking about it, like, just... And, and it is those people who, like, go, like, there are people whose their hobby is... You know, the Holocaust, like the, there's the Hitler channel, mm-hmm. um, you know, world, the history channel. It's all World War II. And it's because it's so big. Mm-hmm. It is like the biggest thing. Yep. You know, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Like just every single one of us is a monster. And all that needs to happen is one thing to make that actually come out. That is not yeah. a new insight. That is just something that you always have to remember. One day you will die. And under the right circumstances, you could possibly be tricked or led into doing something awful. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully you die before that happens. Yeah. That's the best any of us can hope for. <laughs> Anywho. Um, <laughs> so ovens where you burn people. Yeah. Um, let's get back to more teary uh, stuff. Jesus Christ. What happened, Gary? <laughs> well, boy, this is subject matter. Yeah, I know. We're, I just, we're talking about the thing. I know. I know. I just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's it's what happened when we were like talking about Klonoa and this shit comes up. That's mm-hmm. that's the weird thing. Like it makes sense for us to be talking about it now. Yep, it does. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're in this uh when you're in this oven room you get uh, some pliers that are meant to pull gold fillings out of people's <laughs> mouths. Yeah, everything we say from here on out is gonna be disgusting. Yeah. Um yeah, and the uh you can turn on and off the oven, which is a nice little like you never need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that as a, like, oh, this is actually a thing that works and did stuff. Yeah. You know, a little bit of interactivity. Is there a sanity hit for that? Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Because I think at this point when I was playing, I didn't totally understand the sanity hit stuff. I didn't really understand that until I read later. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> furnace turns on, furnace turns off. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so, so you head outside, and now that you have the pliers... Mm-hmm. Um, you can free, there's a victim who's trapped on the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually have to give him some anesthesia yeah. before you can cut him down. Yeah. Cause otherwise you're just like cutting into his skin. I guess with the pliers mm-hmm. to get him off the fence. Yeah. Um, but he tells you, uh, this little cryptic passphrase to, uh, to wake the sleeper, utter the truth and then kiss him. Yes. Which God help you. You'd better remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here, here's my question. Did you try? So I, I think that it might be the case that using the ether on him is optional. And uh, that actually is an expression of compassion that uh, raises your sanity as opposed to making that a sanity hit. I don't I, I think that you can't do it without it. OK, I can't be I might be wrong, but I didn't know that you needed to get the ether because I didn't realize, again, just weird flagging mm-hmm. that the surgery room had changed. Oh, yeah. You know, since I'd left because um, that's that's, you know, things are going to change without you know, totally arbitrarily and you revisit things and they're just different in this game. Yeah. Um, so I just tried to cut them down and couldn't. Okay. So then, you know, just did adventure game rounds of exploring to see if anything moved. Yeah. You also have a conversation with your old colleague and, uh, you know, you work it out like, Hey, take these pliers escape. You know, nothing bad can happen because of this. And he <laughs> gives you your old watch and says, time is truth. Right. Yeah. And says like, Hey, you know, never forget this year, this year, this year, 1945, 45, because that's yeah. when the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, when the, when the world knew about your, your experiments. Um, yeah. So, so you head back to the, uh, the recovery room mm-hmm. and, uh, there's a, a child here who is dying who kind of tells you, you know, this, listen, you know, I'm not afraid of you. This regime mm-hmm. is going to fall because the golem will wake up and punish you mm-hmm. for what you've done. So that's pretty crazy. The fact that golems are just monster manual stuff, but just straight up based on like yeah. biblical prophecy. Like, yeah. Like Jewish mythology. Like, yeah. 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 It is, uh, that's yeah. what golems are. And uh, this is going to be like the winter of Jewish mythology because Morrowind, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like that, that is the key to unlocking that story in a very strange way. But yeah. Um, the, you know, alludes to the golem and basically everybody who's dying is, you know, seeing this prophecy, seeing these, uh, you know, uh, everything here, including a guy in the operating room, uh, whose Mm -hmm. eyes are outside of his body and connected, you know, they're in a jar connected to his ocular nerve via wire, which lets him see through time as though he had taken the spice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you have to, you have to eat this guy up as well Mm -hmm. in order to uh, disconnect and take his eyes. Yeah. And, um, and his prophecy is a trinity of beasts speaking in numbers, and he alludes yeah. to uh, the you know the lost tribe of our brothers sleeping on the moon where the beast does not see them. Yeah, again, pretty heavy shit. Um, this is a place where you can fuck yourself up, hmm. like over if you don't hide the eyes in the box. Yes, um, which I didn't do because there wasn't a box there before. Oh yeah, because of adventure game magic, which I <laughs> fucking hate this because you can get really far and just not be able to end the scenario. Yeah. Um, so that sucks. Yeah. But well, you the, need to stick the eyes in a box. The reason you're trying to hide those eyes is because the prisoners take over the, the camp, mm-hmm. the guy that you let out, you know, he, you know, he let other people out and, uh, now it's taking every, like everything is going to shit at once. And if you just have this jar full of eyes, you're obviously doing research and they will kill you. Well, you, if, uh, you actually are able that you can get out oh. with the eyes, um, but you drop them. Oh, and they, they shatter, and then you don't have the eyes anymore. <laughs> Nimdok Butterfingers? Yeah, Nim, Nimdok just drops them. So you get to the actual, the next scene, but you just don't have this quest component. Ugh. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Like, there's, that happened several times in this game. Like, all of the scenarios, there is a way, um, in Benny's scenario, too, mm-hmm. um, I did something, oh, when I asked the, uh, like I said, when I had the, uh, hid the, the bag mm-hmm. in the hole rather than in the grave. You can get really far into the next day. You just don't have the option to take the kid's place. Yeah. yeah. Like it just Which, gives, it lets you continue, but only gives you the bad ending. Oh man. Like it's, it's a bummer. Like yeah. it's a shitty thing about this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you escape and again, it just kind of warps you outside and behind you. There is a, there is a oh, wall, my. a wall full of screaming mouths, almost yeah. as though that wall were wailing. Yeah. Almost as if they had mouths and could scream. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I have no, I have a mouth and I'm all right. Yeah. That's, that's the sequel to this game. <laughs> I have a mouth that I can scream when I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a mouth that, ah, yeah, I have a mouth. <laughs> uh. I have no mouth and I must scream. You must scream. We all must scream for ice cream. <laughs> we all must scream for mouth screams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, you, you go into your research bunker. Yeah. Which yeah. is a real a real Aldi's keep of uh, yeah. of of everything that will lead to what happens to you later. Yeah, um, there's a nice little thing that you can look at. There's a rat in a bell jar mm-hmm. that morphs into a cat, 
And uh, you later find out that this is the technology that Am has been using yeah. to uh, alter you and he keep even, you alive, which is cool. He even says it, like morphogenetics. Is it possible that he saw this and used that technology or that theory to you know, punish Benny, who had the most obvious physical changes and all these other kind of crazy tricks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, all the other characters have two dicks. They just don't show them though. So like, he has the most obvious changes, but everyone else gets yeah. gets two dicks. Well, except for Ellen, who has three dicks. She has she has two dicks, and each one comes out of a nipple. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> well, now, now now you are obligated to include a link to a deviant art image of that exact thing. <laughs> no, I am not. How's it leaves, Mister Show? Um, but. <laughs> How many times will we reference dick nipples? I, I not not enough. Okay. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it also turns out that the serum that you were harvesting from little kid spines um, is the immortality serum that Am has been dosing you with. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Mengele who who reveals that. Uh, also, surprise, Mengele makes an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Like history's Mengele. Yep. Is is a villain in this scenario. Um, so you have to uh, like do a, a series of kind of goofy things here yeah um, like turn off this light to find a mirror which like that was annoying to me because i didn't think it was a mirror i thought it was a mirror like surface mm -hmm. you know because it looks like a pool of liquid but there's actually a hand mirror yeah inside it you have to grab and then bring this golem to life uh in doing these this things in order like the time is truth um you know something something and then kiss him mm -hmm. so and uh you you can actually fuck yourself out of this too if you don't do it precisely right yeah, um, the earlier steps are gone. So you're just an old man saying time is truth and then kissing a thing made out of clay. Yeah. Over and, and over again throughout eternity. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, lot, lots of places to get screwed. Yeah. Uh, you can look into the mirror and have an epiphany. Um, yeah. And actually says, he says, oh, I'm Jewish. Wait, no, not. I'm not supposed to say Jewish. I'm part of the lost tribe. Well, fuck, I already said Jewish. So let's roll with it. Yeah. And actually, you have to do this. Yes. If you don't uh, give yourself the epiphany, you can't give uh, Mengele the epiphany, mm. which then allows you to uh, hand control yeah. of the golem over to yeah. the Jews. Exactly. Um, which, again, like this, there's so many pitfalls yeah. in this end thing because you just get to like what happens if you don't do that, which I didn't the first time, is you get to the end and you the option just isn't there to give control. Right. It's because Mengele is there. And like I, the player, know, hey – I feel like shit. I want to help these guys out, but the character doesn't know it. So yeah, he won't do it. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a radio broadcast that says the leader has died. Like this, this mirror is part of, you know, project perfect image. And like what it does is it shows you like uh, a purely objective view of yourself in the future. Yeah. And so it's alluded that Hitler killed himself because he looked in this mirror and saw the future yeah. of the, re of the regime. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool and uh, what's that? Uh, just cool little bit of like revisionist history. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, alternate history Nazi stuff is cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you reawaken the golem and uh, part of their master plan was to strip the tribe, even of their folklore. And uh, yeah. this, this thing itself was, you know, enough to wipe out all of the Jews. And in the bad ending, you help that happen by not handing over the, you know, the control of the golem back to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, if, uh, if you don't, you give the, uh, the golem control, to the Jews. Yes. And, and uh, uh, he picks you up and crushes your head like a grape. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which is what you want to have happen. Again, you're not really redeemed. You just get punished. Mm -hmm. And that's it for Nimdok. Um, which, again, all those mechanical pitfalls are kind of annoying. But, like, this I felt like was probably the most sound 
like this, this and Gorster. Gorster is really good too, but like really sound symbolically. Yeah. And uh, really kind of hung together. Yeah. Um, I think this game really ends on a wet turd. <laughs> I, I really hate Ted's scenario. Yep. Like I was, I mean, I, I said on Facebook, I wasn't sure whether we'd be on the same page with this, but I hate this. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It's like, uh... it's really dumb. It's such a it's such a wide gulf because I totally understand what they're what they're shooting for, which is you have no idea who to trust, right? Like his his fatal flaw is you know paranoia and deceit, right? And so the entire the entire thing is about you know trying to manage who is telling the truth to you at a given time, but it's just it it, it is executed incorrectly and poorly at every single step. Yeah, yeah, and I and I really dislike this character, yep. and I really dislike the the setting, like. It doesn't feel as evocative and interesting as anything else we've done, right? You in the game, yeah. So, like, it starts off on a promising note. It says, "Oh, you're the cool one, right? Hip hop daddy o, yeah, Ichi <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, hey, um, and it says, you know, you must go to the room of dark. Which okay, cool. I'm on board. I want to yeah. take a dude named Ted to the room of dark. And we're gonna figure out who I can trust. Yeah, like <laughs> all of that sounds good. Yeah. Um the room of dark though, which um which you get in, uh there's all these different screens. Well there's an eagle who drops an arrow and he's like, Which choice should I take? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you choose anything other than the correct one, you die. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Like okay, cool. So everything is fraught with peril. I can understand that. That is a shitty way to implement it. Give it a sanity yeah. hit, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe I want to go to the circus. Yeah. Nope. Like, and it's not like Ellen's screens. Man, how great would it be if it was a circus? Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> what well, that's, the that's what we got factory. Do. We got to do uh, sanitarium. <laughs> and there's some cool circus shit in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you just make the right choice, which is like a gothic castle. Yeah. <laughs> the least inspiring of these things exactly yeah. yeah and uh and then it's it's all about angels and demons and fair maidens who must be reawakened and killed with their yeah, mirror right. and and then goofy devils yep um yes yeah. so you I find kinda, ellen, i kind of liked the devil i think goofy devil is okay but i was at this point i didn't have very much good goodwill yeah. left over goofy devil and then like uh promiscuous maids everyone's all super horny for your junk yeah promiscuous they want promiscuous, your double dick for, for as much as i'm down with promiscuous scullery maids it is yeah not. exactly yeah it, it's 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 a little bit annoying here but this and also you know you have a universe of names why is this person named ellen as well <laughs> come on well why does it also look like ellen and have her uh have her uh character model right like, well, it doesn't it, have the ellen from earlier her character model yeah it does what yeah is that true yeah, it's her, huh. and it's also her. Uh, it, it is her voiceover actress not doing a, uh, not doing the jivey voice. Oh, weird. Yeah, um, and also, like it plays a little bit. Like in the short story, they talk about like you know, Ted says, "I'm the I'm the only sane one, right? Like, there's no way that Emma's made me paranoid, and you know, Ellen loves me because I'm the best here, and only you know all that. Like that that plays into it a little bit. Like this is you know, Am playing into his uh, his delusions of narcissism. Okay. Yeah, it's it's confusing too because there's also references to uh, to them having like a previous relationship. Like there's a big part of this that's about fidelity and whether you will cheat on her, um, which doesn't matter if it's just the Ellen from the story so much. Mm-hmm. Well, he he probably built this. So the, the the way that I read it was he had built this world like in his head. You know, like he had, he had played up this relationship into more than it was. 
right? Okay. You know, and really it's, he talks about, he talks about fidelity, but in such a way that it's like, it's something he thinks he ought to do, but has never really done in the past. Right. Yeah. So the entire thing is, you know, temptation away from her. Like most people offer you something um, in exchange for selling her out or doing something against her. And the way that you subvert what Am is trying to do is to, you know, always choose Ellen over whatever anybody offers you as like the easy way out. Right. But the reason why that ends up falling flat is because your relationship to Ellen is not established and fictional and, yep. you know, just feels a little bit weak. Yep. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is completely a non sequitur. It's internally consistent to Ted's mind, but there's no there's no hooks to anything else outside of it that gives you the proper context. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> um, so she's been cursed in a fairy tale like way yeah. with a sleeping sickness by her evil stepmother. Yes. And uh, she wants her mirror, which is the only thing that can keep her stepmother away. Is that right? Like you got it so she can die, but I thought the mirror kept her stepmother away because her stepmother couldn't stand to look at herself. I, I, I think it, yeah, I think that she knows that she's going to die if she looks in the mirror. Like she, she wants it to end. Um, there's also the knock-on effect of because the stepmother is a witch and was cursed with like rapid aging. She destroyed all mirrors in the house. So yeah. there's this there's this one mirror that's hidden from you that'll actually do uh, you know th- that'll do what you need it to do. But it, you know like the reason that it's hidden is because of this witch. Okay. Okay. Like, oh, I, all right. I, I can't blame anybody for not seeing that because it is totally fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, I could I could have swore it was to keep it. keep the the stepmother away, but like, I might be wrong, and I wouldn't also put it past the game to say kind of both things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, so you find this uh this library where there's a diary and a bunch of uh you know Dante's Inferno and like oh, I've read this. Uh, that's <laughs> yes. a piece of shit. Like he sounds like an idiot. Um, <laughs> well, like one of my favorite little details is like the the story of his past keeps changing. So yeah. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, so in my time at Harvard, I I I studied the classics. And like, well, down at the farm on <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, his, his, yeah, I, I parked the tractor at Harvard Farm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, like his his backstory is is always whatever will be most advantageous to him at the time. Mm. Yeah. No. Um, but but yeah. you find this this the, the Lord's Diary, mm-hmm. which uh, you know he's got this uh, witch wife who's rapidly aging, as we mentioned, and he was actually sent away to get an antidote for Ellen's sleeping sickness, but uh, did not make it. You know, he was he was devoured by wolves, and there are wolves yep. surrounding this castle, which is it, it might just seem like a little bit of a uh, scene setting detail, but no, they're coming after you too. You just don't realize yeah. it yet. Yeah, and uh, you go through a lot of little adventure gamey stuff to to lock the door. Yeah, um, you go into their their weird mystic room mm-hmm. full of pentagrams and and uh, evil books, and uh, you re- you learn about uh, Sergot, the opener of locks, who is a minor demon. Yes. So uh, you figure, hey, that's pretty specific in terms of names. Maybe I will encounter him. And after you see some shadowy figures conspiring in a doorway, uh, you actually do. You go through a chapel and you see him. Um, or Well, no, you see the witch. Yeah. Like around the summoning circle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the summoning circle is not complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you talk to you talk to this. Uh, man, I got this all out of order. I'm sorry. It's okay. Like it, it is confusing and dumb. Like this, and I wonder if like I was a little bit just ready to be done, which sometimes happens. Yeah. And uh, when for assignment games, not that this game is really long or that it's bad, but like Mm -hmm. I really do feel like this was the chapter that like lost me a lot. Yeah, 
yeah, so you learn about Surgat, but you also uh, like the like the most the most apparent one is where you go and talk to that you know scullery maid uh, who is yeah, in the and, kitchen, right, plucking a chicken. Like you ask, yeah, her, and do you work here? It's like, oh, I'm plucking this chicken. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm doing it for fun, and she just she wants to get double deed so bad. Yeah, she that she, like, uh, <laughs> double deed. Yeah, she she is she is just ridiculous. She wants to jump your bones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she'll give you this mirror. She says she will. And she knows she won't. Like, I tried it. Mm-hmm. And she just gets mad when you ask for the mirror afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, the trick is to refuse because you have to stay faithful to Ellen. Mm-hmm. And eventually says, uh, well, can you fix this furnace? And of course you can. Yeah, because I used to maintain furnaces back when I was in Harvard. <laughs> yeah. At the Harvard farm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then she won't give you the mirror after that. Like, it's, you know, she gives you the runaround. Like women do, am I right? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't spell MRA without the A from AM. Yeah. <laughs> and the M from AM. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> 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 uh, you, yeah. you can't spell MRA without Ma. Um, yeah, the, so, so you end up uh, going upstairs in this hidden chapel room. Mm-hmm. And there's a chapel where if you fuck with this torch, Opens up a, a thing, and that chapel's pretty cool. It's full of gar- gargoyles. Yeah. Looks pretty neat. Um, but you head upstairs, and the, the witch is there, and she offers another Faustian bargain mm-hmm. uh, that if you can kill Ellen, she'll help you escape. Yeah. Am's torture. Yeah. And there's a there's a dialogue option to try and seduce her. Hmm. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see that or didn't try it. it I don't know if there's a flagging thing. It doesn't pay off. <laughs> like, uh, I, I I saved and tried it, and it's like, no, no, and then you take a sanity hit, and then it's all the oh, same. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, Ted is not above trying to sleep because that's like his, that's his real past, right? Like he's a con man and Am even starts yeah. out saying, do they know you're a fraud? Like he yeah. went around and slept with, you know, rich women in order to get their money. Yeah. He was okay. a real deuce bigelow. Yep. Male gigolo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, you head back down to Ellen's room and again, in a little bit of flagging mm-hmm. where like just something appears because enough things have happened. I was yep. like, we well, have to lock the front door first, I think. Yeah, yeah, which you take this pin that you found in the chapel, you put the door back on its hinges, and then you also push a knight uh, statue yeah. in front of it. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, fine. Mm. Whatever. And then, then you end up, though, in Ellen's room, and the devil is here. <laughs> so The devil, he's dressed like Stan from Monkey Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he also has Ted's voice. It's the same voice actor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which which makes sense. And he's here because Ellen's going to die and he wants to suck up her soul. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, are you going to do what Ellen wants, but, you know, what will happen to her soul when it's gone? So it keeps adding these different layers of who to trust and who not to trust on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, so, again, flagging. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the, uh, the occult room, mm-hmm. there are now different books, <laughs> um, including a uh, summoning spell that you have to, to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. Kala Ingma Thako. Yeah. Two hit armor class zero. <laughs> yeah. Which is the, uh, the, the, the spell phrase both to kill the witch and also summon Sir Jot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which I like Sir God. He's real surly. Yeah. I like Sir God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like how it's, it's all bargains. Mm-hmm. Like it is, you know, you have to, and, uh, all, when you summon him up in the, uh, the thing, he is, he's actually another part of Am. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, I actually had a mirror that had my blood on it. Um, I didn't actually have to cut myself. I can't remember where I got it from, though. It's like a little, I mean, I sh- to... it's a little shard. Like when you pick it up, it has your blood. Oh, on it. yeah. 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 It's and a... then you give it to him and he'll open up the, the servant's door. Yeah, because it's a minor offering. So he can give you a minor favor. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like the idea of the demon of opening doors. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of specific functions for demons and yeah. 
and like, devils and stuff. It's like the Egyptian god of dandruff or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, but this the, the, this gets you into the maid's room where you can see a gigantic tapestry of your used car salesman devil holding the mirror. It's like, okay. Yeah, he's got it, actually. <laughs> I didn't see that before. What a, what a weirdly specific piece of art to have hanging in your, in your wall. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Man, when you when you show back up in Ellen's room, now there's an angel in play. Yeah, yeah, and the angel is comparatively pretty bland. Yeah, like you know, you want the soul to go with the angel, even though because everybody is part of Am, it's still going to Am. Yeah, every all all roads lead to Am. Yeah, like even the devil says, "Yeah, you know what? I'm just I'm just the devil. I don't run hell. Am does." Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And um. then uh, also, you can go and read the Divine Comedy front to back in the original Italian and in the English translation. You can understand all of the political, um, you know, allegory that's in there and the jab that his artist friends and whatever, and not see the mirror that is secreted inside, like yeah. a child's joint rolling materials, um, <laughs> until you trick, uh, uh, until you trip a single flag. Yeah. Again, <sighs> super shitty flagging in here. Um, but you can use that mirror to trap the devil mm-hmm. because why not? Yeah. Um, the angel tells you to break the mirror inside the circle. Yeah. Um, so when you do so, you let the devil out, and the devil and Sergot are both inside this circle. Trapped inside the circle. And Sergot's like, yep. no, don't leave me in They're here with the him. Original odd couple. <laughs> uh, which one's messy? Which one's clean? Uh, I would say that the uh, Sergot's probably clean. Yeah, I would say so too. The devil seems like a slob. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Sergot says, don't leave him in here. He's going to bore me to death. Yeah. And so. Um, there's, there's some beat where you reconcile with Ellen and say, oh, she dies and her soul goes with the angel. And there's ways you can fuck that up to where her soul goes with the devil. Um, and mm-hmm. that is, uh, that, that is the, the, the bad ending for this scenario. But, um, that is of little consequence because, hey, Sergeot can open up the, the pathway to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out the surface is blasted as a blasted hellscape. Yeah. It's almost as if there was like a huge world war. I know. Like right? you're not fighting for anything in this game. No, you're not. Um, and you do find out what you are. There is ultimately like, you know, something to, to fight for, but it's not this. Yeah, there are stakes. Like, and Sir yeah. says, I promised you the surface. I didn't promise you paradise. And yeah. uh, those are two in- incredibly different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that is the end of Ted's scenario. The yeah. wet fart that it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're in the end game now where like, you can use different characters and kind of do different things. Like I got through it, you know, a certain way. I think there are multiple ways to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's surprisingly sparse, like looking up online information on this. There's a couple of walkthroughs, but I couldn't find any more detail yep. on it. I feel like this end game part is where this game tips the edge from like relatable, cool stuff to symbolic nonsense winkery, mm-hmm. like in a real serious way. Yeah. Like, I do not like the, the different aspects of Am that represent the id, ego, and superego stuff. Like, this does not speak to me symbolically. Like, this seems silly mm-hmm. and too much to me. Yeah, it, it is it is incredibly esoteric. Like, I can, I can contort this in such a way that, like, it becomes satisfying because I think that I have a higher tolerance for symbolic wankery. Like, it's pretty cool that you have, like, all, all of your efforts have created these physical things, you know, because of Am's, you know, fetishization of symbolism and metaphor. Like, all of the stuff that you've done has created these physical artifacts that represent different virtues, and you use those to kind of contradict Am and, you know, undo him, right? It's like, it's pretty cool that you, you know, show the ego forgiveness, and he can't understand that. You show the id compassion, and, you know, it just you're just short-circuiting it. But... Ultimately, it comes down to such simple interactions, I think. 
yeah. that don't that yeah, don't it, really read, right? Yeah, like I, I like the idea that these physical objects that symbolize the victories that you've made yeah. in the past just fine. I think that like there's just nothing to ground this. Mm-hmm. Like everything else, like there are symbolic elements to it, but then there's also you know, kind of a text as well as the the subtext. Yeah. yeah. And this is this weird, like all, you know, the actual text is just this like really generic looking computer hellscape yeah. that you're walking around. It is not very interesting. I, I don't know how generic, like you're, you're walking around on like a cortex that has like shards of glass in it. Yeah. I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't like it so much. I, I, th- I, I, think, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's, okay. I mean, can... it's, it's a matter of taste, right? Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, I may have just been, you know, drunk on bad will mm-hmm. at this point too. And just kind of like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, throughout this entire thing, you've been doing well in order to build up your, your, your morality meter. So you can, um, fuck up here. Right. Like, yeah, it's not directly apparent, you know, it's really, you know, like, like we said, it's symbolic and yeah, it just, it's not communicated that clearly. And even, um, you have to have Nimdok in order to get to the actual true ending because there's this walkway um, that leads across to the summoning circle, this, you know, this flame where Surgot and all these other aspects of Am manifest themselves. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, like I ended up using Nimdok, but I was wondering whether the, uh, you could put in the password, there were other significant dates. Like I didn't try it, but could like Ellen no. put in her significant date or anything? No, no? 20, 2012 doesn't work. Um, okay. And it's not like it's a uh, it's a keypad you can actually use. It's just different dialogue options that, okay. that, that unlock that. So you can you can go around and use the you know the the, the totems on the different you know ego, super ego, and id, um, and that you know accomplishes something. But really, the only way to end is to have everybody die, and then you get the I have no mouth ending, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But. I mean, it's pretty cool because that that terminal that you know lets you extend the bridge. It reveals how he grabbed all these people, and it has like a final summary for you know what brought them there, right? Right, right, it's, right. It's their origin stories, for lack of a better term. Like Nimdok was picked up in Argentina, you know, et cetera, and on down mm-hmm. the line. Um, and when you're talking to the you know like the the, the Russian and the China and the, and the Chinese, it, you know, they talk about. You know, they basically sum up. It's a bunch of exposition about how his fondness for metaphor and symbolism were his weakness, essentially, right? And yeah. they try and tempt you into giving them the totem of entropy, which kind of is the the big thing that you picked up in uh, Ellen's campaign, which is that you know just this idea, this clarity that all machinery must descend into a pile of junk. Eventually, mm-hmm. like nothing can stay working forever. Um, and a big part of this is, you know, trying to coax, um, am into realizing that he is a more, or that, that he is mortal, that, you know, he will one day die and that all of this has been for naught. Um, and if you give that to them, they can kind of keep that knowledge away. Like that, that represents that idea. And, uh, then that lets them, you know, assume full control over everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess like maybe what I'm responding to is just like the idea that like, for the ending, you know, when, so eventually we, we go through and we, you, you find these, uh, the ego, the super ego and the id, which are these big, uh, you know, kind of monoliths that you use these different things on to kind of counteract them. Mm-hmm. Um, and those all make a sense. And I guess the token of entropy, like the way that you're actually going to use it at the end, mm-hmm. uh, to give it them is just kind of a weird, like it is, just, it's just a little too abstract for me to like, yeah, feel, feel like, 
you know, I have a, a, a place in it, you know, yeah. it's, it's so, just, it just, it, it's gone like full stream, like wankery. Yeah. Like it is, it just, it feels a little too wanky for me. Yeah. It's, it's so abstract as to not have any connection to anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's just really, yeah. It's just, it's, it's real, real high, high idea mm-hmm. stuff, which I'm not like incapable of. I'm just not as, as interested in. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. There are lots of um, ways this can shake out. Yeah. Um, depending on whether, you know, what you do. Um, I ended up using the, the token, of ent- token of entropy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, killing off uh, Russia and China mm-hmm. and the last of AM. Um, yeah. well, you find out, um, is the hint at this point before that there, there are humans on the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that prophecy yeah. of the, of the guy in the concentration camp is a real thing. Like Sir, Sir yeah. Bat, like reveals that to you and says, yeah. Hey, you may not have realized that, but this is what's at stake. Yeah. People have escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, uh, you know, that's what you want to have happen Yeah, is you use this thing on, on AM, you destroy them and, uh, the, the people on the moon awake and earth is terraformed over like a huge number of years. Yeah. I can't remember how it says it's like 109 it's a, though. It might be, yeah. it's a, it's 300 be, years and there are 750, 750 humans, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that are asleep on the moon and, um, kind of like deus ex, um, they, they have to, uh. Uh, you know, there, there needs to be something that steps in because Anne doesn't just go away. There needs to be a new overseer is what they call it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you have overcome these flaws or whatever, okay, we need to have a human conscious guiding this. And then that is, you know, you become the new Anne essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the ways that this can fail if you, if you're not quite grasping how the, the, the listener, um, uh, the way, that, the way that you can fail is to destroy one part of am without, um, making sure that you, you also have a way to destroy the other. So like mm-hmm. if you just use the, to the, the totem of entropy on the Russians and the Chinese, uh, am's three parts, um, just kind of take over like, okay, we no longer have this stuff fighting me from inside. And he takes over and gives you the ending of the short story. Um, and if mm-hmm. you kill all of, uh, if you kill off all the three, um, totems without uh, killing off the Russian and the Chinese, they take over and the same thing happens. Like you just yeah. need to, there, there needs to be a way to take out all of them at once, both the fox, the chicken, and the corn. Exactly. Yeah. And and if this whole last let wrap up bit made absolutely no sense to anyone who's listening to this, mm-hmm. um, I don't blame you for that. Like mm-hmm. it is just like you're walking around this thing interacting with symbols. Yeah. You know, there's not like a, a, a narrative the way that there is in other places. So, yeah. you know, but if you know, you should play the game and then you'll see, see what yeah. I mean. It's not a huge investment. And like, there are no really good guides out there for this. Like, yeah. like all of them are very kind of like specific walkthroughs, you know, here and there. And even our summary was probably, you know, skewed in one way or another. It's not optimized. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's $6. It frequently goes on sale. Like when we announced this, it was a dollar twenty-five on GOG. I would still totally recommend that you play this. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a universal hint system entry. I think there is, but you have to download it. It's like the weird <sighs> universal hint system premium. Yep. Yeah. Which is like, so weird. who's your market for that guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. Uh, pay $15 for the reader, which yeah. I, I understand somebody wanting to money people to pay for their thing, but yeah. yeah, I know especially when it's totally duplicatable on, on the web. Like it's just hyperlinks. Yep. It's not that, that exciting, but yeah, like in, in general, like this game is super noteworthy and, and good and worth playing just because of the themes and stuff that it does deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it is broken in the way that most adventure games are broken. Yeah. And I think that it go, like I said, I think it goes a little bit, you know, further than I want to at the end, but it does do things that like games don't do, yeah. which is always going to be worthwhile. Yeah. I think probably the, the only other games that we've talked about that deal with subjects as serious as this, 
um, mm-hmm. are like maybe Silent Hill 2 and maybe Planescape. Honestly, yeah. like this is remarkable for the gravity of the subject matter um, in a way that feels bold and adventurous uh, enough to partially excuse maybe some of the retrograde non-progressive uh, sides of it. Right. Like it is it is definitely a, a flavor that you don't get. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, places. because the, the uh, this is one of the most, um, you know, if not the most like successful adaptations and expansions of a, another work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we were pretty ready to give that to Blade Runner when we did Blade Runner last year. And that is really good. This is better, though. Like this expands on the source material better than that game does. Yeah. And I really liked Blade Runner like and Blade Runner might in the end actually be a better game. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, from the author and does things that like. You can you can tell it all comes from kind of the same voice and same perspective. Yeah. In a way that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the first time you played this, right? Yeah. Okay. Um I played this back in college like I, you know, torrented it because there was no other way to do it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um and I uh, like I, I got a lot out of it then, but I feel like I got a lot more out of it now. Yeah. 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 I mean so, I really liked it. Like it was yeah. it's very good. Like it didn't uh, you know, I'm not wasn't mind blown by it. Like I think that it was worth playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to get past some of the, the nonsense parts of it. Yeah. Like quest flagging stuff. Like that is, you know, ultimately the downfall of adventure games is the idea of like, you're asked to figure out this logic and then the game betrays it. And that just happens in like almost every adventure game we do, mm-hmm. you know, like it's hard to find games that just it totally escape that. Yeah. And it's frustrating because like so much of like, so much of it kind of makes a, an attempt at solving giving you the ability to solve things in multiple ways. Like how many solutions to the heart problem did we find? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, there are three hearts in play. One of which is pretty well hidden, but there's an optimal way to get through it, but you can still get, you can still go. And so that's, you know, a huge part of the frustration with a lot of adventure games is that there is, there is one solution that you must find. I think that wh- where this rubs, you know, rubs me the wrong way is that is so selectively deployed. Yeah, and it seems deployed more in the end than it does in the beginning, like, which could be a possible, like, you know, part of the arc of development. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they, if the stories were developed in order of left to right in the order we played them, mm-hmm. there are more broken, not broken, but like more broken things and then more kind of quest flag stuff mm-hmm. when you get to, to Nimdok. Yeah. And then, you know, the less said about Ted's scenario, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> That is, yeah, it is, it is just kind of like a part of, I mean, this is old news, but part of the genre you just had to be okay with. And I am still okay with it, but like, mm-hmm. it just kind of blows my mind that it's a problem. It comes up almost every single time. Yeah. You do one of the, one of the game in the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they stick to the theme pretty well. I mean, like, I, I really am kind of impressed by how much they, they, they rely on AM's misunderstanding of symbolism and, um, and idiom. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of yeah. work, like work that through in such a in such a thorough way um, that it that it really builds him up as not this not this tragic figure because he's a motherfucker, but uh, you know as 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 a force that ultimately is understandable. Whereas the temptation is to go you know full on Deus Ex Helios like this is unknowable to humans. Like Am is just as flawed, and yeah. you know like that is that is objectively a harder thing to do than to make him you know completely omnipotent, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's personified in a way that like sometimes is a little jarring just because he's, you know, when he starts slipping into slang and everything like that, mm-hmm. it do- isn't how we think of, of computers, but it's an interesting, t- you know, take on it. Yeah. Which is why like Harlan Ellison is a, you know, short story master. Like, yeah. you know, he's able to kind of capture these like really cool ideas in a really short amount of space. And, uh, yeah, this is also recommended. So if you, if you don't, uh, if you're not a reader, 
um, you know, check out this game. And mm-hmm. it's probably a pretty good expression of, of his vision mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. As bleak as it is. Thank you for allowing us to play this and talk about yeah. it, listeners. Yeah, thanks, thanks for your vote. Yeah. yeah. We, we have to come up with uh, our next voting thing at some yeah, point. Yeah, we do. I don't know what we traditionally do in the winter. <laughs> yeah, well, we're in WRPGs, but we have that picked out. So something that we do after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, even if we go outside tradition, it's okay. We need to figure out what kind of genre we feel like playing. Uh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calm down. I, f- I really feel like we have our palate cleanser after Morrowind picked out. Yes. But like, I almost feel like Morrowind is big enough that like, and it have been half a year since then that I would almost be like, like we should do like a system based vote, like something on the Genesis and yeah, come yeah. up with like four Genesis games or like, you know, something on the Super Nintendo and come up with four Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. Um, what are we doing next time? <laughs> well, next time we're going to be talking about uh, Super Street Fighter 2. And by going to be talking about, I mean, have already talked about. Yeah, I and mean, we're going to record like bookend yeah, yeah. kind of pieces for the thing, and we're going to talk about the experience of doing the expo. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a meaty, meaty episode experience anyway, even though like our panel was about 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that because it was a really fun time mm-hmm. and, uh, and lots of goofy, fun stuff <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, we got lots of responses from, um, uh, from people. Yeah. And, you know, so you'll be able to hear from other people's thoughts on, uh, on Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good, good fun time. Um, so we're not going to do, you know, you had to be there in order to get your <laughs> thoughts in for that, bad boys. Um, we're not going to do any reading of thoughts right. uh, for that. So uh, go to the expo. Yeah. Next time. Do it. <laughs> next, uh, <laughs> it's a good time. You're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's the... really fun. <laughs> yeah. You're not actually jabronis. I take that back. Okay. All of you jabronis are precious in my sight. Yeah. <laughs> he loves all of his jabronis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what are we doing after that? Well, after that, we're doing a uh, three-piece massive uh, saga of a massive saga, Morrowind. Yeah. The Elder Scrolls Three. Remember after we did the Final Fantasy VII episode and we're like, let's never fucking do this again. Like, I'm so sick of talking <laughs> about Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Um, we're doing it again. Yep. The, so th- three episodes and one extra so to cover a really, really big game. Yeah. Um, and because we would be, we've done a lot of uh, WRPGs, but we'd be remiss if we didn't do something from the Elder Scrolls series. Yeah. Because that's kind of the the behemoth. Yeah, about. I'm a little like I'm about halfway through the main quest of the game, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if it's going to be as exhaustive as we think. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank God. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We, we we are still trying to figure out uh, the way that we're going to uh, cut that apart. Uh, and when I say still trying, I mean it's mostly just me being busy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. too, too busy to address this problem head on but it's probably going to be something uh approaching like maybe an episode for the main quest does that make that, that makes sense yeah yeah i think so yeah and a, an episode for the guild quest and then like miscellaneous and then the houses are a big deal like the uh the dwemer houses mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm down for that yeah 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 and then uh i i, I hope that sounds like i would love like three 90 minute episodes on yeah. that that, that sounds great. We we really um, may be able to pull that off because so many of the quests are just, I mean, we'll talk about this during the episode. Some of the quests are like fetch, you know, fetch quest kind of things. Yeah, and go the exper- grab this thing. Yeah, the experience is, you know, just in bathing in the world, I guess. Yeah. You know, like even more so than in, you know, later Elder, Scroll, uh, Elder Scrolls games, just because like finding something just means, okay, go down five miles past where that barn that burned down used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's almost yeah. like most of your time is spent navigating right yeah which which i like the idea of like yeah. the the elder scrolls the later elder scrolls games have been among the games that like i've beat and put a lot of time into but have not aged great mm-hmm. 
for me. So I'm interested that everyone, you know, a lot of people I talk to, all the kind of connoisseurs say like, well, Morrowind is, is really the best in the series. And after this, you know, if, if these are the things you kind of don't like about Oblivion and really don't like about Skyrim, um, you know, you'll like Morrowind a lot more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that's three games out. Are we going to say the next game? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, uh, so, so we have Street Fighter 2, Morrowind. Yeah, why don't we, why don't we announce this? Cause I'm excited about it. Like I, I yeah. want to gush for a second. Yeah, because um, we try to announce three times in advance. So our palate cleanser for After Morrowind is uh, Rock Band. Yeah. So, yeah. So here a couple months ago, you you got outfitted with a full Rock Band set? Yep, from a very nice lady from Craigslist <laughs> uh, for very cheap. Um, so yeah, I've got a, a, a Rock Band set. I used to have a Rock Band set. I sold it when I moved, yep. but now I'm back in the game. And I, uh, we're going to be talking about Rock Band. Yeah. So uh, we're, 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 again, trying to figure out the structure of that. That is a weird game to talk about. But uh, it's going to be a lot of us talking about music, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be like, well, you know, just talk about the basics of all the different instruments and then, you know, memorable songs from each each tier and songs we'd love to see in Rock Band. And mm-hmm. probably talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, the ridiculous kind of weird DLC. I almost <laughs> a culture and that's not the right word. But like that paradigm that was really huge for a couple of years. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like rock bands are really big, be a really big deal, and yeah. also like undeniably really fun and good. So yeah, uh, it is huge. Like like uh, spent more time playing rock band than most other games, I think. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very good. So do rock band. After that, we're gonna well, probably, let's 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 cement ourselves and say the next thing after that will be our poll, okay, and then figure out what the poll is just okay. to commit and yeah. yeah. So after that, we'll have another poll because we try to do these about quarterly now mm-hmm. as an unannounced Patreon benefit and because it's fun for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what we have to look forward to. Awesome. Pretty good. Uh, actually, dare I say, really good lineup. Yeah. This has been a fucking great, like, Q3 and Q4. Yeah. Yeah. Our Qs have been, yeah, been we, minding our, 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 Qs Qs, Qs. our Qs have been on point, Gary. Yes. Our <laughs> Qs have been on P. Um, yeah. What uh, What else can people do? Well, we didn't mention it um, at the time, but we also we do have this Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't mentioned that in a couple episodes because we had a sponsorship. But uh, mm-hmm. if you are able to, if you go to patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV, mm-hmm. you can uh, sponsor us. And it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, if you're able to do so, like, uh, you know, it helps us make the show not cost us money. Mm-hmm. It pays for things like that rock band set. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. we really yep. appreciate it. Yep. So, you know, one, three, five, ten, twenty five dollars, whatever is comfortable for you. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we understand that, uh, this isn't possible for everybody. Uh, there are cool prizes and you can read all about those at, uh, patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. We really cannot overstate how appreciative we are of everybody's kind of, uh, initial and ongoing support of this, which is, you know, made everything a lot easier for us. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah you're, you, 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 you are, uh, very good people for doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to feel like even better people, mm-hmm. um, the, yeah, uh, you know, we don't want all your money. You should take some oh. money, give it to us, but then also squirrel away other money mm-hmm. and donate to charity. Yeah. Um, just in general. Yeah. But it's also because it's a very good, specific, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. Very specifically, though, uh, we have a really fun event coming up um, on November 21st and 22nd. Yes. Called Duckstream. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is Duckstream, um, which uh, if you're listening to this, it's in a, uh, about a week away. Uh, we are going to be doing a 24-hour streamathon in support of the Transactive Gender Center, uh, which is, uh, we believe, the only... Uh, tr- uh, charity of its kind that supports um, trans children by providing mm-hmm. education and resources to the children and their families uh, mm-hmm. in order to uh, make their lives easier. Yeah. And uh, we're doing 24 hours. Uh, we're going to split it up. So the uh, overnight shift is the West Coast shift. 
me and Nick Glauber and Brayden Cameron eating chicken wings and uh, probably playing a lot of Isaac, um, to be honest, but then also other things. Yeah. And then the uh, second, the day shift, um, which will be uh, 6 a.m. PST, 9 a.m. Uh, EST, mm-hmm. is going to be Cole Ross playing uh, Haunting Ground. Yes. Is that correct? That's awesome. Yeah. It's a good game. I love that game so much. Yeah, it's super good. So yeah. just playing it in completion. So if you listen to this show, and it'll be interesting, I imagine, mm-hmm. to see what it is like to watch Cole play a whole <laughs> game as if we were doing it for the show. Yeah. 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 And I'll be, you know, doing commentary and stuff. And then uh, hopefully that'll... That, that'll it's not going to be stony silence <laughs> Yeah, just for, for nine hours. <laughs> I'm not even going to look at the screen. I'm just going to stare yeah. right into the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but uh, that's going to take about nine hours to do of uh, history mm-hmm. holds. And uh, we're going to be joined after that uh, or possibly during that by Dennis and David from the level to do, uh, um, I believe, uh, the D&D um, arcade beat em ups. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can play through both those in three hours and it'll be real fun. Yeah. That the do a Shadow of Mystera and uh, Tower of Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are great games. Yeah. So uh, we really encourage you to do that, even if you can't donate, watch, but uh, uh, reevaluate, reevaluate if you can or can't, because it is a great cause. And, um, you know, I, I personally, and I know you are uh, excited about this as well, very, very excited to have the network uh, dip their toe into supporting causes that, you know, we personally believe in like this. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to do that, if you go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash duckstream, um, there's a little donation button there you can donate um if something happens you can't make it during the stream you could donate now yeah like people yeah, have already stepped up and done that that's awesome yeah so yeah we're just kind of collecting donations for them um you know up through that stream mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's gonna be great like i really want to show that people listen to the show um have their hearts in the right place and mm-hmm. i would uh love to really make a good showing of it yeah so definitely um and there's a you know yeah, which, usual it has stuff usual stuff itunes reviews ratings facebook's yeah um, all that stuff. But, and just general gratitude for listening. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, and uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Allegorical fireballs. a health class in my freshman year of high school there was an illustration of the different kinds of wounds oh man you could have that was just very like disturbing and, and it was very funny because it was like abrasion puncture you know cut all these things and they looked like really gross and then there was avulsion which is when something just kind of like separates mm-hmm. and it showed us somebody's thumb and the tip of the thumb just went and it's like, like popped off and it was really comical like he was giving a thumbs up and he did it too hard <laughs> And the tip of like his thumb. It just came off like a yeah. joint. Like it could just happen. Like, what? Um, <laughs> so, like, it was a partial degloving? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, the skin separates too. Like, it is yeah. literally just like if you cut off the thumb oh. and just the, the whole thing just popped off. Man. Um, called avulsion. It was, it was a nice little spot of humor at the end of a really harrowing section of that <laughs> health book. <laughs> <laughs>